Hello. We are all domestic terrorists. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are all domestic terrorists. And I got, I got myself a tasty coffee with that flavored cream in it. Yeah. It goes good. All different flavors. Dude, I feel like the skinnier you get, the better you get at debates. And um, oh, you've owned me too hard. I'm, you know, let's just get it out of the... Let's just... Let's just start off by saying, you know, this is the last episode of Leftovers. Yeah, after our last episode yeah. uh, in the heated uh, debate that we had, I realized that I was a class trader and that... I don't know why people said I, that, because, like, that's a good thing in your situation, to be a class... Like, I don't think they meant it like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. I like what you're saying, though. Like, you'd be like Engels, you know what I mean? Like, the guy who who co-authored it and, and was, like, facilitating it, but also, like, had a factory. You know what I mean? So that's right. not a bad thing. Engels was a class trader. That's right. That's me. I'm Engels. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, um, <laughs> there was there was crazy fallout from our last episode, which is kind of nuts because, you know... I, well, to, ignoring all that, though, it seemed like a lot of people did like the conversation... I myself am pretty ignorant on the methods of governing and uh, histories and all that. So I do think this conversation of, I'm not even going to say capitalism because that seems to trigger people. I'm just going to say social democracy. Because when okay. people hear me say capitalism, they shit their fucking britches. Yeah, because there's a lot of, well, first of all, we're online. So no matter what you say, people are going to be very passionate about it. One of the things that I do quite frequently is yell at people to be normal because people just have no fucking way of being normal online. So there's that problem. And then the other side of it is like there's a lot of, uh, you know, baby socialists out there who are like on their own journey. OK, and they get like really passionate. And, and the, the goal always is like, oh, my God, we have to convert every single person to socialism. Immediately. Or anyone to the right of me is part of the problem. There's that too. But of course, you know, um, it's, uh, it takes a while. It takes a while to, to engage in uh, any kind of movement building. And it's something hard, I stress quite a bit. It's hard to tell how much of it was. Um, anyway, regardless, I, I, I was actually invigorated by the conversation in that, you know, I, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. And so I've been thinking about our conversation a lot and I've been educating myself a lot and I want to continue the conversation today, but I don't want to have a debate. I want to have like a, I want to go on a, a fact finding journey for myself uh -huh. about how socialism is addressing certain issues versus social democracy okay and to understand from you a socialist mm -hmm. um what what really that is and how 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 would it be you know enacted yeah. dan are you a socialist would you say I, i'd broadly so i'd say so sure Dude, we're about You're to get executed after this. Ethan's called. <laughs> Dude, everybody was riding for you guys. This is Ethan's uh, McCarthy uh, trials. <laughs> it's like, would you say you're a card-carrying communist? Okay, very good. <laughs> no, being a socialist is cool, apparently, online. No, dude. It's, it, it it's is like, sick. there no, are. He's right. 
for as super cool. It is for as dope. many it's for cool. as many it's like dope. very cool. low. Well, of course, there's a you're, lot of you're there's for a lot the of people, people here. Bro. There's a lot of people here that would be uh like there are very few places online where you can just be like out and about and openly uh defend uh any kind of economic organization society beyond capitalism uh without a tremendous amount of scrutiny. Um, well, I got we roasted in our community. Dogma. Well, of course, the other the other side was defending you. That's why you didn't notice it. You know, See, that's I mean? not good though. I don't want Tim Pool defending me or whatever, whoever. It I didn't watch all. I didn't watch all the. No, I I don't think it. Tim Pool did. Anything, Absolutely. But one of his one of his but, uh, one of his uh, commanders, the guy who's like always the the really weird like <clears throat> failed musician guy. That I think like, describes all of them. Yeah, that's but, true. But um. I want to better represent my position uh, because I didn't. I don't really know a lot, and I feel like I've done a lot of research in the week. Uh, following Let the conversation. So, begin. what did you do? What did you read? What kind of research? Did you I do? had a very in-depth conversation with Chat GBT. <laughs> <laughs> Respect. Okay, that's good. I got. I got. I asked it really kind of. Well, Beishbur thinks it's socialist, like Chat GPT socialist. So, right. like Chat GPT probably Chat GPT Lenin, is right? Yeah. 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 ChatGPT keeps it so real. You it, yeah, ChatGPT Lenin pilled you. So, <laughs> yeah. Is Lenin a socialist or a social de democrat? No, that's Lenin is is uh, the the revolutionary figure that is probably more important than than Marx even. What's In, his deal? He's just a rev he's just a socialist. Yes, he's right. the first. Like, I mean, this is we're the the, the father of the USSR. That was a nice. That was a nice legacy to have. Could have been. I'm just kidding. I'm. I'm sorry. Could have been. I no, I'm no, 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 no. You, you're. No, there's. There's nothing. I don't think it's that controversial <laughs> to say that. Like. Yeah, I mean USSR, or well, Joseph Stalin was basically. Whatever. That's not what I want to get into right was, now. Stalin definitely had a lot of issues. I will admit. First, I want to say. That I promote my shit all the time on the show, so now I want to give Hassan a shout we out. Can't. There's no reason to promote it. It's already all sold out. Oh, it is? Yeah. Good for you. New ideology drop immediately sold out. Kind of annoying that it sold out so quick, but I'm sorry, except for the hoodie that I'm wearing currently. That's it. Um, Which one is that? This, the this one? Haas anger management one. Yeah. Get the president on the phone quick. Yeah. No, I don't want to hear it. Buy, buy, sell. buy, buy, yeah. sell. No, literally, yeah, that's the vibes. Buy that's it vibes. now. <laughs> yeah. Nice, good for you, scum, capitalist scum. I fucking love it, dude. I fucking. I'm love just kidding. It. I know you work with unionized people for that. Mm. Of course, TeddyFresh.com is that sale going on? Uh, support my exploited workers today. Still, it's ongoing. I, most of it is gone, but it's worth a browse. <laughs> all right, so I don't want to do all this new shit. I want to get straight into it. Oh, damn, I have a separate shit. doc. Okay, that's, damn, damn. That's damn. why I didn't see it. Hold on. There's, this man, this man has his own doc, dude. Oh, well, no, shit. because I put. Yeah, I, you got some notes. That's fair. That's what fair. email is this? I say let the conversation begin. All right, let me just share. While that. you're looking for that, though, <laughs> can I just said chat CCP. <laughs> chat CCP. That's, <laughs> That's yeah. good. That's really good. That's funny. I, I love that. Uh, I'll just announce some uh, breaking news I saw right before we went live. But Rupert, our boy he died. Rupert, did not die. Yeah, he died. <laughs> he didn't <laughs> die. Oh, can only hope. But he has stepped down. The Rupert Murdoch era. Is officially over. I've womp, seen womp. enough uh, secession to know that that's he's going to come back. 
That's not actually a, not a bad assessment. He's, he's not going to lose. Yeah, Lachlan is the fail son. He's For not sure. going to be able to fucking pull through. Yeah. It's bullshit. Where's my document? Dude, first he got cucked by Tucker Carlson and then like had to divorce his the like fiance that he was going to get married to and now he's like leaving his empire behind. What's happening to Rupert? What's Rupe, happening to Rupe? Ruby, you've lost your touch, brother. <laughs> Ruby. I had sex with who smoked crack it with me. That's what that's what he wants to do in his <laughs> retirement. Yeah. He wants to go out with style. Okay, here it is. I found it. That would be so much better than than whatever the fuck he did up until this very moment. Smoke crack and die. Just like go out in style. You don't even need to die. Just like have gay sex, do crack, you know. I would do hair in my retirement. I wouldn't mind doing heroin. Right. Just to ease out. Just be, you know, just yeah. fucking. Because, like, who cares if you get all strung out and it's like, who gives a fuck? You're like, you, you're making an argument you're for. You're making the best of your time. You're making an argument for palliative care, which I feel like. What is um, that? It's like end of life, like death care, basically. Um, is that hospice care? They do that. No, I, I, I feel like there's going to be, there's this assessment from economists that there's going to be a major, and it's already started, uh, a major boom in the, like, uh, geriatric care and palliative care. All the boomers are dying. Because, um, like, the last, like, what you would consider middle class uh, of America is all in the boomer side. I mean boomer, like, in a boomer-zoomer terminology. I mean, like, anyone over the age of fucking 50. Like, actual baby boomers. They're not actually... Some of them are baby boomers. Um, (laughs) But uh, they are all the people that are, like, desperately holding on to, like, whatever assets they have remaining. Yeah. So now they have money, and you have... They're the only people that have money. So you have to figure out how to, like... Get it meet from their them. needs. How do we get it from them? By insanely expensive. We should make a hospice care. Like that. We should get their money, bro. Oh, we yeah. should jack up the price of hospice Let's care. Get their to fucking money. Yeah. all that money. And Yo, that's my money. Give it to me, bro. Yeah. Here, take this. Take this fentanyl and shut the fuck up. Yeah, I feel like that would it. be that would be pretty fire, though. Like what you're saying. <laughs> no, but seriously, what's the drawback to just going full heroin? Because listen, there's a reason people get addicted to it because it's it is good. It's fun. Well, wouldn't you argue that morphine might be better? But like, heroin? there's massive consequences. Yeah, I mean, it's the it, same drug, it, right? In a way, it's just a matter of intensity with morphine but it, trips. It, there's no drawback because obviously you don't want to be an addict during you know the middle of your life. You have so, there's so much you need to do, and ha- being a heroin addict is just not compatible with living a normal life. Mm. But if you're in a retirement home, then. I feel like it's also more ethical than the way that they currently operate those places because it's like full of fucking theft and like, like our boy David PMP is making a cleaning dude suing all these elderly homes. Mm -hmm. Anyway, let's move on. Let's get off. We have a lot to discuss, but we should get into that. (sighs) Like uh, run an elderly care facility, and then all the fans can send their parents. Yeah, and we'll kick it back to them. We'll give them, and we'll just fucking give them heroin. And then, yeah, the goal is we take Kill the half fat. of the inheritance. We take half of the inheritance, and then the other half goes to the to the children. It goes back to them because yeah. they weren't going to get that money. And that way, it doesn't even get hit by the estate tax because we already fucking taxed them. Found it. Boom. Genius shit. All right. First, I want to make this People clear. Capitalism is not innovative, but we just innovated under capitalism. I agree. It's so fucking true. That's the entrepreneurial yeah. spirit. Right I agree. There. Let yeah, this is Dude, by the way, Gary Vee is gonna do this. <laughs> <laughs> you might already. Yo, I've got a great idea. Let's make NFT critters out of your dead grandparents, you guys. <laughs> Bro, you know, it, yeah, I saw, I saw like a statistic. I don't know how fucking true it is, but like, I mean, it 
feels very real. Ninety five percent of the NFT marketplace is now zero dollars. Yeah. Like, it's collapsed entirely. Of course it is. So crazy how none of those people, none of those fucking charlatans that were advocating for this shit and trying to get you to hold the goddamn bag have been punished for it, including Gary Vaynerchuk, as a matter of fact. So He's many. He's been real quiet on the V friends front. Perspectives. Dude, it's like it should be studied how fast the media jumped on that train and was like, or at least alternative media outlets. Have you considered this though? Jumped on it and were like pushing for it. Have you considered this? Fortune favors the brave. Don't show that to me. I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna buy crypto right now, dude. Have you considered that Matt Damon thinks fortune favors the brave, AKA the dumb. Matt Damon, son AKA of, son of a, uh, of a like activist teacher, actually legitimately like a, like a pretty, like back in the day, at least, like old die in the wool lefty, fucking shilling cryptocurrency. You can't, you know. Fortune, fortune favors the brave, my friend. All right. So one thing I want to make clear before we engulf on this um <coughs> conversation is that me and you pretty much have like ninety five percent crossover in terms of like our goal for the welfare of the people of our utopian society. Yeah, I mean, my 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 guiding hope in social democracy is that you can take the the both of best worlds, socialism and capitalism, and create a world where the poorest are are uh, cared for, where people can get free education, where people can get free housing, where or not free but guaranteed housing, where they get a guaranteed education, higher education, and all this stuff. Okay? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about this. Now, one, my first question is this. Given that, you know, in a social democracy, we can regulate things like taxes, housing, higher education, sharing jobs, and all this kind of stuff. What are the problems in social democracy that we need socialism to address? What is it socialism does that social democracy doesn't do? So, <laughs> social democracy is still capitalist um, uh, with, with, you know, serious, severe market regulations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some forms of viable social democracies you can point to right now is places like Norway, an example I use regularly. The issue is twofold. One, social democracies don't address some of the domestic problems because when there's still capital accumulation... But which domestic problems? Domestic problems such as labor issues, homelessness, like there's no way to fully eradicate that because the inherent class contradiction between the owner class and the labor class still I feel like exists. That's an assumption. I don't know that that's true. That there's just going to be there's not going to be homelessness in well, socialism, but there will in social democracy. Well, the idea is that um, completely abolishing the profit motive in certain commodities, like housing, for example, yeah, yeah. will address that problem because then you're making housing specifically for need rather than so you can make money off of existing units. Right, but if, well, so, it, right, there'd be government housing, like, for example, like, yeah. I think that exists in Sweden. Yeah. Uh, where if no, you're homeless. What? Yeah, it exists everywhere. So, so that's what I'm saying. There's not a profit motive. There's, there's a humanitarian effort to, um, to house the, the people that need homes. And, Sorry, he was eating a nap. You know, yeah. so, so I, I don't know what you mean that there's homelessness won't exist in socialism, but. Oh, she's eating all your tissues. Oh, nasty. Oh, yeah. She's eating all your oh. tissues. Sorry. That's gross. Disgusting, girl. 
Yeah. Shame on you. <laughs> yeah, she 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 being a nasty girl today. Better used to do that. She being a real freak. Um, <laughs> sorry. What like, what's saying? the homelessness in Sweden? That just as a, know. I mean. Oh, before be we really look at those low. numbers, you, something to consider, something to remember always is that um, homelessness is tracked very differently in different countries. Okay. So like those numbers will always be, um, those numbers can be uh, very different. Like you could think like, oh, it's so much worse. Like like rape statistics in Sweden. If you look at that. It, I think Let's Love say, can attest to this too. You'd yeah. be like, whoa, what the fuck? It's crazy out there. People are raping like crazy. And it's because they have a different methodology for tracking rape. Like each individual act of sexual assault is tracked as like an, a, like, uh, so, is, is written up as like one individual. So the, act. the actual number then isn't that important. But we acknowledge that in a social democracy that's run ideally, the homeless and whoever else needs a home for whatever reason would be provided one. So I don't understand what socialism does better in that case. Um, at the end of the day, these countries, the social democracies that we were talking about, still have a lot of wealthy individuals, a lot of people who are making money off of <laughs> finance capital and capitalism in general, and their interests are always going to be to further erode the welfare state as best as they possibly can in an effort to claw back all of those areas that they could so you, still technically you're privatize. putting that on them but that's not if you have a strong social democracy that wouldn't be possible well my question to you would be if everybody's provided for in the society adequately mm -hmm. and and uh fairly mm -hmm. then what why do you care how much money somebody has um because well first of all i don't but the real reason is not necessarily money, but more so how people make their money and how people make their money being through capital accumulation is always going to uh, work to erode this nation, the, the, the social democratic state that you're mentioning. And the example I will use is Europe, because like <laughs> if you look at European social democratic reforms throughout uh, history, things that a lot of people take for granted, even the NHS in the UK, for example, is not immediately uh, privatized, obviously, but uh, it is crippled under conservative administrations deliberately, specifically so that they can inevitably privatize certain aspects of it. It's kind of like how uh, the same neoliberal reforms under the Reagan era wanted to openly starve the beast, the American government, which is why Americans no longer have any sort of confidence in the government to do any kind of social uh, amenities, any kind of offerings, right? Like, you understand? <laughs> you and I, we, we both are in the highest tax bracket. We live in Los Angeles, California. We pay a fuck ton of taxes. We pay, like, European taxes, right? Yeah. Um, and the reality is we both recognize that those taxes don't necessarily go to the places that we would love for it, uh, love for them to be spent on. Definitely. Roads, schools, libraries. But what's that have to do social... with social democracy that like my utopian social democracy? Well, because all that money in this, you know, situation, they, it does go to those places. Because a, because <clears throat> America is still a capitalist nation, just like all of these other countries are. Yeah. And in a capitalist nation, you are always going to have the influence of capital. Well, let me ask you this then. Okay. In a socialist nation, uh, on the other flip of the coin, wouldn't you also also have this a similar movement of people, a party of people wanting to move towards capitalism? There will, there will probably, there will always be, yes, people so who are counter-revolutionary. Um, well, not just that. I mean, there's a move, because capitalism, um, social democracy, there's a certain level of 
individualism that you don't have with with uh, socialism, perhaps I would say. And so, and so I would ask you, what's the difference? You're saying that social democracy nations are going to the rich people are always going to be trying to erode the system. That's an assumption, by the way. Um, well, it's not an assumption necessarily as descriptive in comparison to like, uh, I mean, it's descriptive if you look at um, how it has uh, played itself out in Europe where we and look you're at right. I agree. I agree. That's what they'll be doing. So I'm not even going to argue. Even that. America. America <laughs> had a lot of social democratic principles in the New Deal. I'm not even going to argue that. But I do think that in a socialist country, like I said, there's going to be a, a sizable amount of people moving towards capitalism. So what's the difference? I don't know if it'll be as sizable. And what? there also always has to be a state mechanism of control, which exists in neoliberal capitalism as well. And um, this is actually an area where I very much uh, uh, <laughs> diverge from the from other socialists, I would say, or even more orthodox Marxists, that I believe the neoliberal mechanisms of control, um, specifically, um, it's just, how do I describe it? Free market, uh, markets are better than okay. uh, than the government at, at dealing with everything. Okay. Um, so, I, I think that there is uh, two different, as, as reductive as possible, there's two different types of control. Control is always going to happen. This is what the state is there to do, right? Uh, under liberal capitalist democracies in the West, you have a neoliberal mechanism of control that dulls the masses through commodities, gives you the false uh, notion of choice. You feel like you have 32 different brands of Oreos, even though they're like owned by three companies that price fix, right? And they basically control all matter of commodities and those markets are completely captured. Mm. But there's this idea that there are, uh, you know, this endless, boundless amount of, of choices that you can choose <coughs> from. On the other side, the more authoritarian mechanisms of control, which have existed What's in... What's your opinion? I like the neoliberal one. I think that uh, even in a socialist state, uh, you should still very much give the people... Uh, the the false notion of choice and make it feel like they have a say in the process while so, doing the bidding of I mean it's a pretty cynical worldview but I think that you know that's what states are supposed to do let me ask you this and that and, will create a structure where there are significantly less uh, people who are like I hate the system right now I don't feel happy I don't feel good in the system that I exist under mm -hmm. so I should uh, you know do counter-revolutionary capitalist reforms. Well, and likewise, I don't think there's that many people in Sweden or Norway who are saying, no, we need to move to a pure socialist because everybody there is provided for. I don't think there's a large, I, I'm speaking at it. No, you're, here. you're absolutely right. You're actually 100% correct. <laughs> so, so like some Orthodox Marxists actually hate the welfare state for this reason, because the welfare <laughs> state is a continuation of capitalism by offering social, uh, offering certain amenities. Seems like the, in that the, case, the liberal capitalism has thrived and, uh, and, and has created a structure where like the inherent contradictions that exist under capitalism that I think everyone would agree with, including yourself, uh, those inherent contradictions become uh, a little bit more muddied and they never end up getting to a point where uh, they, they converge and, and uh, capitalism erodes into so, some socialist formation. Let me be, I guess, more specific. If you're in a socialist country, is there one party or multiple parties? Um, it depends. I mean, 
Because one party's scary, right? Can we agree on that? A one-party system is not a good system. I think you and I would agree that we... No, no, no. I'm just asking you. I don't care about the United States. I'm asking but, you about socialism. The, I, I think that there are different forms of governance, and the United States is not that different. I don't from, care about the United States. I want to. Know, I just want to talk about a socialist I think country. that no matter what happens, the state does what the state is supposed to do. You can either do it at the behest of your citizens because you genuinely, earnestly believe that, like, that is the best possible way of developing a society, <laughs> or you do it at the behest of capital owners and... and Capitalism. So you're saying you don't think it matters if there's one party or I don't think it party. matters as far as um, I care about direct democ de direct democratic participation because in local uh, in in local one positions. party systems with socialism or communism has pretty much always been a catastrophe. Yeah, a human humanitarian disaster. No, no, I agree with that. There's just so much risk in having one party. I I agree with that. I think that a multi-party system is obviously going to be better. My point is that it doesn't even matter if you have a parliament. It doesn't even matter if you have a multi-party system. <laughs> the changes that are being made in one direction or the other are oftentimes incredibly marginal. Um, and and Let's, uh, and the differences are not born out of like uh, so, you know the party disagreements. The differences are born out of like genuine material conflict, like even including like the civil war. It's never like the kindness of peoples uh, or, or like one party of individuals being like we are kind, we want to do good things, and the other side is bad, and they want to do bad things. <laughs> so like, what I want to say was this then: but, if you're in a socialist country with multiple parties. And one of the parties is a capitalist party, mm -hmm. which would surely exist. Yeah. What would you do if that party started gaining momentum? And it was clearly like people wanted that route. They wanted that route. Yeah. So what do you do? I think um, I would do what America has done. Not to the same which degree. Is what? Not to the same degree as like, uh, you know, McCarthy's trials or anything like that. Um, but um, I would offer additional amenities to ensure that people are comfortable and happy because I feel like any but what do you of, do if they're like, nah, fuck that, we're doing capitalism? Well, if everything is if everything is given to you, yeah, at that point, if every single thing is given to you, if all of your problems are solved, which I think we can both agree uh, is is not under capitalism and has not happened. No. Um, if all of those problems have been solved, then there is no need for conflict of that regard. But the, they're it, saying it no, we want to ultimate do, because they're like, yo, this is a free country, right? Well, we want to do capitalism. Yeah. We think the market should regulate the prices and shit. Like, there, and we always... don't think the workplace should be um, socialized. <laughs> okay, that's a great that's a great question. And what uh, if a, because, you have to ask why though at that point? Because well, like, people never can be explained by why anyway. You know what I mean? <laughs> Some people are gonna be dumb. You're right. It's like you don't. It's just gonna exist. You know it is. Yeah. And so just if the it... and so if the will of the people is to go back and to do more of a social de democracy, is that something that? A socialist country should move towards or should there be resistance in the government to keep socialism? I think the resistance should be akin to how capitalist <laughs> governments have resisted historically any kind of socialist movement not to that same degree of violence but I think that yes um, the the solution to that would always be education and offering more uh, re-education? Re-education certainly yeah I know that that's like a Let's trigger put them in word camps. no no not like that um, I know there's a trigger word because everyone goes, oh, re-education, what do you mean? Like, immediately people think, like, are well, you China talking does about, that. are you talking about, like, resident schools? Are you talking about uh, China has Xinjiang? Yeah, 100%, China. they yeah. do. They do it, they did it in Xinjiang, which, which I think is good, was, right? No, I don't agree with that. Yeah. yeah I don't think it was good. Uh, this is, uh, something I have openly criticized as well. Like, the, that's not good. 
the massive surveillance apparatus that they built in Xinjiang is not good. So what would be good about a socialist re-education camp for capitalists? It wouldn't necessarily, I don't think it'd be camps. I mean, it depends on, it depends on crimes, right? Like, are people (laughs) committing crimes at the behest of this? Because if there's a socialist state and someone is doing like white terror, let's say, or someone is doing South Korean style uh, you know, purges of communists, which have always, which has happened historically in every country that America is aligned with because they were anti-communist where they've launched, you know, military dictatorships, whether we recognize it or not, those things have happened, right? So in a situation like that, um, I think if there's any kind of like terrorism happening, sure. Yeah. Um, if there's then, violence, that's, then yes, that's I obvious. Do, I do think that, uh, there should be an enforcement mechanism. And in that enforcement mechanism, I think like rehabilitation, which would include re-education as well, would probably be a lot better than like, uh, you know, a prison structure where they have slavery, like in the United States of America. I'm still a little bit confused about the ideal mechanism of a socialist country, whereas there, where people still have individual freedoms to like form, to assemble. And it can also be like, yeah, I'm a capitalist, so what? And we're trying to grow our movement. I don't understand the organization of the socialist free country. Because it seems to me to have a socialist country, uh, they, there needs to be some amount of dampening of, you know, uh, rights. Well, because, like, for, for what I yes said. Yes and no, because my point is always the same. Uh, it's that... This is a constant. This is consistent. What you're describing is consistent with the American formation. It's consistent with capitalism. It's just a reality that will always exist. Mm -hmm. Violence and who gets to do violence is an inherent part of politics because politics is, uh, at the end of the day, a distribution of resources and a distribution of violence. Who gets to have what resources and who doesn't have the resources as a consequence of that. And if they do something to get those resources, what the state will be able to do. The state has a monopoly on violence across the board, no matter what happens, right? I'm not an anarchist. A lot of anarchists uh, will get mad at me for saying this, but the state should have <laughs> some level of, of uh, a violent mechanism because well, no matter what happens, and, stuff, and there's different forms of violence as yeah. well. The structural violence of poverty or direct violence in the, in, uh, in the form of, of uh, military uh, boots on the ground, military warfare, imperialism, police violence, police brutality. These are all different forms of violence. There will be some exertion of force required yes. to maintain a socialist country. Yes. Not just a social country, any country. Sure, any country. Yes. I agree. Until we uh, reach a point of, of I guess, uh, until we reach a point of production... Uh, and our productive output has gotten to a point where it's so streamlined and and so organized that um, there is no need for a state. But I don't know if we'll, we will ever be able to get there, uh, where the state withers away and we have a classless, borderless, moneyless society. Right. You prob- yeah, I mean, if it is, it's like not a, in a like long a techno time. Communist It'd have to be future. like post-World War Three or something. <laughs> um, let me ask you, I guess, another angle here. So, um, ex- worker exploitation seems to be at the heart of socialism and communism. Yes. And so I want to ask you this question. If an employee is fairly compensated, and by fairly I mean that factors like work, um, uh, compensation, you know, they're being paid well beyond the means of living 
they can afford uh, comfortable housing, food, mm -hmm. pleasure, vacation, savings, all the things people would want to do with money. If they're provided in all those ways that are, we see as important, is that still exploitation? Um, in the Marxian sense, yes. In the capitalist sense, no. Capitalism is and the... So, well, social... So, Mark, when you say Marxism, you're talking yeah. about socialism, Yes, right? yes, yes. Okay, okay. So, uh, in the, in the Marxist perspective under, you know, uh, Marxian economics, Marxist theory, uh, exploitation mm -hmm. is not a good or bad thing. Uh, it is just a thing that happens. <laughs> okay. Um, and it goes back to something I've described many, many times over, which is that the, there, there are two classes. Um, there is the labor class, the wage laborers, the proletariat, and the, the bourgeois class, the capital owning class, right? Mm -hmm. And these two classes have two uh, inherently contradictory interests. You've worked jobs when you had a boss and someone was paying you, and you have been a boss, so you have gone through both of these stages. So as someone who worked in a job, as a, as a wage laborer, as a W-2 employer, 1099 contractor, you wanted to work the least amount of hours for the most amount of pay. Mm -hmm. That's understandable. That's like perfectly reasonable, right? Yep. Like you want more money and you want to work less hours. You want to have more freedom. Your boss, on the other hand, wants you to work the most amount of hours for the least amount of pay like that they can get away with. Yeah. So um, this inherent contradiction is at the heart of capitalism and is how commodities are produced under a capitalist mode of production. Now, when you have this, when you have this imbalance, those who do have capital end up always being able to pay you much less than your actual output. So that is what's happening now. Yeah. My question is, in a situation, as I outlined, where the employees are fairly provided for, which I outlined before, is that when I say exploitation, I mean, like, I think that also has a vernacular, like, when the ruling class is um, committing some kind of harm or injustice on their workers. Um, no, it, it, it's, it's beyond that. You could be paying your employees fairly <coughs> and still engage in the act of exploitation. So then, because I don't want to get caught up on that, because you're saying exploitation is neutral by itself. Yes, exploitation in the Marxian sense is not good or bad. It's just <clears throat> descriptive. A lot of what Marx has talked about with but, respect so what to does capitalism he mean, is then? descriptive. Descriptive. What does he mean then when he goes uh, the exploitation of workers? Clearly, he wants to end the exploitation of workers. Yes, of course. So, is it still exploitation of workers if they're fairly provided for? Yes, it because is. because the the fairness in this regard is not met on the metrics of like living standards, but instead on the metrics of what their output is. So. When and and this gets into the labor <coughs> theory of value, Excuse right? Me, goddamn the labor theory of value, which is which is different than marginal utility, which is what we use currently when we ascribe when we when we say this is this much, like something is this valuable, right? <coughs> ice cream is four dollars, um, but if it's really hot out, maybe ice cream is five dollars because well, there's a little bit of scarcity on uh, on on the supply, but the demand has gone up, so now ice cream is more expensive. Whereas, from a Marxian perspective, the value of that ice cream is, uh, is, is, is stable. It's just what kind of labor went into the production of it, what were, the, uh, what were the, the resources used to make that ice cream, what kind of, like, what 
uh, kind of capital was put into the ice cream factory. So even all if the of employees, that, and then also, also the, the 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 moving part in that situation would be the labor of it. If the employee is extremely satisfied, yeah, and they feel well provided for, I mean, in a sense, it's like, who are you to tell him he's being exploited? Well, you're you're. Again, you're I know you, you want to get caught like, up on that not, the defini- definition of that I, word, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah no, I understand. It's, it's <coughs> what I would say in that situation is this, right? Um, relying on the magnanimous nature of your boss yeah. and hoping that like your boss doesn't uh, succumb to greed and and choose to change certain things about your workplace conditions can be great. And there are people like yourself out there who are, as far as I understand, pretty good bosses, right? But that that is never going to be the that's never going to be the right. constant. That's never, never. going to be the case. But in social democracy, yeah. you set up the bumpers, you set up the systems where yeah. they they have to do that. Well, that's the bare minimum they have to do. Well, and then we go back to the erosion <clears throat> of the the amenities. That I don't the state feel like that's a strong enough argument to say socialism's better. No, as long <clears throat> as there is, as long as there is a some kind of of uh, <clears throat> capitalist compensation in any sort of sector, they will always choose to monopolize. This is what most companies like. This is what every company does when they become a company, a corporation. They're what? they're. Their job is to, their goal is to inevitably become a monopoly. You can do that by rent seeking. Well, so what? You, you know, so what? If there's, no. they still have to follow the rules. Well, no, when you are, when you are becoming a monopoly, yeah. you are either engaging in horizontal integration and expansion or vertical integration and expansion, mergers, acquisitions, um, and, and, you know, what Amazon has done, for example, mm-hmm. in, in e-commerce is a great example of this. And when you get to that point... Uh, especially under a capitalist state that still has market reforms, you end up uh, using the the additional capital that you've accumulated in the form of profits from your workers to lobby the government and erode the safety nets. But you're talking like it's a guaranteed. And again, I it go has back. It's been a guarantee every I, single well, time. And, I, and it's been a guarantee by the same metric that any socialist country devolves into, into disaster. I mean, it's not fair to put it that out there like it's just given, because on the on the other flip coin, you can say, uh, you know, uh, this like I mentioned, socialism. There's going to be people moving towards capitalism. So socialist it's nation just, states, it's too hypothetical. Socialist nation too states, however, historically, most of them at least have not eroded or been destroyed due to like people <coughs> who are just like I want to be capitalist. Usually, those people are being. Uh, goaded or supported, facilitated by a much more powerful nation um, that uh, is is using the the uh, inherent greed to their advantage to uh, cause divisions. But the real material issues in socialist nation states, historical socialism, mm-hmm. uh, real socialism in the real world that has happened, has always been due to mishaps, uh, you know, famine. Uh, or, or the government exercising too much authoritarian yeah, control. Yeah, you could say the same these thing. These sorts though. of things. These sorts of things uh, are are the real reasons as to why social nation states have failed. Not necessarily their their uh, economic mode of production switching over to a more labor focused <laughs> uh, economy. And then also um, there there are so many different types of uh, socialist developments, like a socialist mode of uh, production that. Um, there is no like 
one absolute perfect one, and I'd be a liar if I told you I, don't, I know which one it is. You know what I mean? So go back to the, the original question. Let's just ignore this um, theory that in social democracy, and I'll say this, you know, obviously we have antitrust laws that are not good, that have not been effective in the least bit. Yeah, but it's I would also ask something you, why. you can regulate. No, but I would ask you why. Well, because our, our government is super corrupt. Mm -hmm. Why is the government corrupt? Because people are, are inherently flawed. You think the government's corrupt because people are inherently flawed? Corruption in yeah. that sense, I disagree with you there. Some people, not all people. No, that's another I, thing I said. People I are inherently greedy and people lost their mind. Some people are. The actually, reason, I want to talk about that at better length, but go ahead. That's actually a great take as well. We can, we can cover that as well. Yeah. I, um, I always butchered this quote, but I, f I forget who it was. It might have been Mark Fisher. might have been someone else. But um, assuming that greed is inherent in human nature under a capitalist organization of the economy is like assuming the black lung is inherent I'm not in human nature if you work at the fucking coal mine. See, that's that's not a good analogy. Because, no, you're in right. My greed is a part of it. Self-interest is a part of it. Not greed necessarily, but self-interest is a part of human existence. <coughs> why we have uh, built societies and how we've done it. However... It's a, it's a biological survival exactly. mechanism. However... If we didn't have self-interest, we, would we, we wouldn't survive as a species. I don't disagree with you. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. My argument always, and many Marxist arguments actually, have always been around individualism and self-interest and how socialism, as a matter of fact, creates more opportunities for uh, individual liberties for the person. Uh, it's only been sold and, and uh, told to people as though it is, uh, it, you know, this, this gray, brutalist architecture, city blocks. You don't, you have to, you know, do your government mandated coal mining job or whatever the fuck. But... Um, the, the ultimate goal has always been to open up more individual liberties. I'll give you an example of socialization that you and I both agree with, right? Healthcare. Nationalized healthcare or socialized medicine in general gives you more liberties as a person that you can actually leave your job that, if you fucking That would happen it. in a social democracy as well. Yes. However, like I've said, there has to be... The, the, the countermeasures in a social democracy... Um, are, are uh, the, the capitalist forces are significantly more powerful because ultimately the state is still operating as a capitalist state that is still the norm. So I think we're having like a, a kind of just like a disconnect, or not a disconnect, but maybe at an impasse on the, that idea. But what I'll say, I want to give you a specific example because this, this is interesting to me. Um, <coughs> let's just take this workplace as an example because we're all familiar with it. Mm -hmm. So... I started my career 10 plus years ago and I was successful by myself with zero employees. Yes. I made a lot of money. I was, I did well for myself. And then, you know, five years ago into my career, I made a pod, I made the podcast, which obviously you all are watching now. So, so let's say we go back to five years ago when I hired Dan as a freelance, you started as like a f consultant. God, yeah, or a freelancer, yeah. And obviously you moved to full-time, and I'll get to that. Yeah. So he, he started as like a freelance consultant. So what would be a fair way of compensating him for that? In your situation, <clears throat> um, it's, it's uh, like, what is the most, like, socialist way of doing it? Is that what you're asking? Well, yeah, because that's yeah, what we're okay. talking about, right? Um, it, would be, it would be profit sharing. 
what so that I means just, is so so this is this is interesting. So Hold on. This is interesting. You're right. Yeah. This is actually the most difficult aspect, in my opinion, of of like trying to create the most ethical way of existing under a capitalist organization of the economy while you are also productive uh and and you're you're doing like an owned and operated media company where you are the product so i hired dan as a consultant yeah just to help us out to get things uh and i have hired people as well so then so then we're i'm profit sharing with him Um, how much profit am i sharing with? so the way i do it and i think this is this will be uh i mean this is, is this is instructive for many others as well the way i do it like the most ethical way to do it is basically try to make an assessment. Um, sure, there's market considerations on the one hand, like what the normal wage would look like, but that is like the the minimum. You know what I mean? That is like the minimum. <coughs> that is uh, the the worst possible amount to pay someone in in the form of wages, in my opinion. Okay. So you have the market considerations on the one side, um, which I don't necessarily care too much about. Um, on the other side, you have your productive output, right? Let's say you were making ten dollars before Dan came on, and now that Dan came on, there you're making that wouldn't be measurable metric. No, no, no. I know, I know. I completely agree with you. Yeah, I know. Um, which is why I'm saying it's it's a tricky situation. It seems to, almost impossible. For yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, technically, the other because, side is well, also well, very cruel, but, but we just me, like have but that's normalized. That's true because in social democracy, people are fairly compensated. It's not cruel, that's in not my opinion. True. <clears throat> no, there's. I, I don't think. I, I think well, we we people we think can be more or less more fairly less fairly compensated, but like generally speaking, they'd be more fairly compensated than what you would see today. Yes, in but comparison my, to the United States of America, which technically would be a mixed market or social democracy. But, social democracies in other countries, there is better compensation. So here's the unintended consequence of that. Due to you know, regulation, government regulation. If I'm if I'm just hiring Dan to come in and help me with cameras and stuff, and mm-hmm. I have to cut him in on profit share, people are not going to hire as many people. They're going to think a lot more before they bring more people on. Well, can I can I just chime in real quick, uh, just to clarify this point? Are you still talking about the the period of time where I was yes. working as a contractor? Yes. I'm Did not. I haven't gotten to the full time yet. Well, I'm, we're going to move to that. Right. I, I will just say that at the time I was essentially operating as my own business as well because you weren't my only client at the time. Right. Okay. I, I did that professionally for a lot of people and you were one of many people that I would come and do shows with okay. until you offered me a full-time thing. So just because we're using the specific example, I just wanted to clarify that because I think <laughs> that matters in what the dynamic was when we were mm-hmm. initially working together. I, I don't think that matters in such that I'm more focused just on the profit so sharing. the reason why I was bringing mm-hmm. up like the, the, the... The implications on a, a, the, to a business and business owner of that. Okay, but the reason why I was bringing up the revenue is because, let's say you were making 10... You're making $10, Dan comes on, now you're making $15. Yeah. Right? Dan has brought in five extra dollars of revenue for you, and I think that uh, the the best possible way to to engage with that would be to cut Dan in on uh like offer Dan living wages plus uh whatever uh whatever Dan has brought in in the form of revenue. So here's a big problem. And and that moves. That moves in the direction like you make and then later down the line you make a hundred uh thousand dollars and and it moves with now him, yeah. yeah Dan is Here, moving here's with it as where, well. Here's where this seems more like it's a nice theory. But like in application, it makes no sense. 
Who decides how much value he's brought? How could you possibly decide that? If my show is growing, Dan joins, and let's say, yeah, I, I, now I'm making $15, but the show was organically growing. How, how, can I, how can I attribute all five of that to Dan? You're absolutely and correct on supposed, this as well. This am is, I supposed this to is a big weakness. 50-50 with him? This is, this is something that I do not have an answer for either, which is why, it doesn't like I sense. said, which is why, like yeah. I said, you make do with, uh, you, you try to do your very best. Can I, I mean. can I be, this seems like a big problem to say you don't have a solution for if you're advocating for a socialist society. I, I agree, which is why I always... it doesn't seem like well, it's ready. Well, can I just ready. chime in on yeah. this? Uh, this isn't theoretical. There are, there are lots of companies that do do profit sharing. I do this as well. I know, but it's not like... But so like let's say this. And, like the, and, and they have various methods of how they do it. The way I... There are ways to do it that make sense. I do this But the well, way even. that socialism does it in the purest sense is like Dan joined 10 to 15. Dan gets half of the 15. So that's his, that's his Ethan, labor. Ethan, this is, if we're talking pure theory, oh, if we're talking, but it, if we're talking pure theory, yeah. I would rather have an imperfect structure <laughs> that still absolutely it's not offers imperfect. better. It doesn't work. Well, the, if you don't know how people get paid, how does it even work? The capitalist structure also is imperfect in the exact same well, way. functioning, at least. Yes, I know, but the, the idea that, like, the other structure would not function is not correct. Especially when we're telling you that even under a capitalist organization e economy, there's plenty of different ways of doing but this. But there needs to one be... Of the, one of the most successful ones that I also have is a cooperative, right? Um, I have a cooperative, uh, uh, collectively organized podcast, for example, where we just... Split it five ways regardless. Obviously, my output in that situation, given that I am uh, the, the, uh, like the host with the largest audience, would significantly outweigh my producers, for example, who uh, could be paid uh, with a very fair, very fat market uh, wage, right? Market wage plus uh, market wage times three is what I could pay him, and it would still be significantly less than what he gets paid now. Yeah, because we're we're cutting him in uh, five ways. We're splitting everything five ways. Yeah, and and that is a perfectly viable way to do it because I think that's very generous, in, but I don't think you should be forced to do that. I think that I think you should be forced to pay him what we've determined as a minimum wage, where he can live in where he lives in a in a comfortable state. Yeah, I, and I, I don't, I don't agree think, with that. And I don't think and that it's it not, prevents it goes beyond, people from being it goes beyond wages too. generous. It goes either. beyond wages as well. There's also another aspect of this that uh, many people fail to consider, which is decision-making. So uh, there's also the structure of decision-making, the, the structure of autonomy. When we are setting up the time for when we are going to shoot the podcast, like everyone has to be on board with it. It has to work around every single person's schedule. These are all... Uh, scheduling conflicts exist usually, but it's like um, in in good faith, every single person is like giving their most, uh, giving their all, and it ultimately, uh, I think, creates a pretty pretty solid product. Let me ask you. So, do you acknowledge that in this socialist uh, theor theoretical country, where I where I go from ten to fifteen and I give Dan fifteen, hypothetically for any worker joining that. I, as a business owner, I would be less likely to be hiring people. Certainly. And that's not good, is it? No, I don't agree with that. I don't think that's a necessarily a bad thing at all. Because, like, I, I don't know, because, like, I've gone through a lot of people that did not work out. Mm-hmm. And they were, they, they were hired on, like, uh, let's say... Um, you still fire them. Exploratory 
So, so is it at will employment in this situation? In this structure, can you can them? you can still, of course, like you can still uh, have issues with uh, with an employee and fire them. There's it's ironic because like Japan, for example, is like the most capitalist country on the planet, and yet uh, in Japan they have this like very unique culture where getting into a place of business is very difficult. But once you actually have made it into the corporation. They don't fire you. They can't sure. fire you. They sure. never fire you. What they do is uh, they they ostracize you and and make you into a social pariah within the company right. and and try to get you to quit. Is it because they're trying to avoid paying some kind of severance, or is it just no? It's like it's both cultural and I, if I'm not mistaken, it could literally so have gnarly. legal implications as well. But it but it works, right? Okay, it technically well, works. But I'm saying, why is it? <laughs> hey, why is it not a good? <laughs> so as a business owner. I think the fact that I was not super hesitant to hire lots of people to mm -hmm. find the crew that works. I worked with a lot of people it did not who were not compatible. Mm -hmm. So I was able to burn through enough people to find a team that that worked, right? Kaya, stop and so by. if if right. I was so hesitant to hire people because I have to profit share with them, I would do like a way more strenuous interview process. That it would seems take way you're, longer. Yeah, you're making an argument for why it, it, it's stronger. Like you I don't lucked think out with so Dan. at all. You lucked out with I, Dan. I don't think that's oh, a good argument because first of all, it's good that people can go try a bunch of jobs before they try find one that works. And as an employer, it's good to be able to try a bunch of people. Do you find the right fit for employees? If I had to go through the strenuous process to find each one of them, this podcast may may very well likely not exist as it does today. Might not exist as at all. I I disagree with you on that for sure. I think that okay, I why? think that it's it's better to have a, a strenuous process of of um, ensuring that you even have for the like, best possible. E even person. for like the most entry level job. Um. Yeah. I think that it's. But it's then doesn't that valid. doesn't that result and in people not getting work? So, yes, it will. So there's. But then, but then we're yeah. talking about like an entirely separate way of of organizing the economy. <laughs> Let it me go back. Why is it better? Why is it better that I have to go through like extraneous I mean, full-on HR processes? We uh, we we're talking about hypotheticals. Yeah. In this situation. Yeah. So it can like I can just hypothesize that you found Dan, not even hypothesize. Well, no, no, we're not talking, well, we're talking hypothetically, but we're <laughs> like talking... You, you found Dan, so you clearly... But we uh, went through a lot of people to. before we found Dan. Yeah, well, you could have arrived at Dan as well, is what I'm saying. It would have taken a, a lot longer, process. and the business might not have survived. Okay, so... There was a point where the podcast almost got wrapped up. Yeah. So why is it better, in theory, to have that extraneous of a hiring process than being able to kind of just people try things out? Um, it's only, this is only one aspect of it, but what you're talking about, like the extraneous hiring process also would exist under a social democracy as well. It, it should exist in some form under a social democracy as well. Like some, some level of protection for, from being fired. But so in social democracy, you're not rev sharing. So there's like this yeah. big thing that you're like, I'm a business owner. I've created this business for mm -hmm. my own sweat and blood and tears mm -hmm. over the last 10 years. And I'm making a lot of money. I got to hire this guy who I don't know anything about, and I got to cut him in on my profits. That doesn't exist in social democracy.
So the risk to me as the business owner is way, it, it way, does way, exist, way less. But it's much smaller to a it's much way smaller less. degree because it it's supposed to exist through unions. And it, once again, it's not just revenue sharing. Not, but everyone always everyone always focuses on that aspect of it. But rev sharing comes in the form of benefits. Rev sharing comes in the form of like how much we invest in R&D, for example, or what kind of R&D initiatives we invest in. All of these decisions are made by a board. Well, that's that all regulated. That is a responsibility to the shareholders democracy. that is not regulated under social democracy. This, 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 is, the, this is the major <laughs> well, point of contention. What do you mean contention. by rev share then? Because you see, in our example... Like in Germany, they have the, a, a trade union representative uh, that, that sits on the board of executives. But that's only one... Uh, that's only one aspect of a uh, a larger board that is still representing the interests of of the shareholders, those who own the company, who never have seen the company. They can, you know, even globally own it, right? So having one vote in that situation is not as good, in my opinion, as having all of the vote, all of the power, making these decision decisions as a collective. Something that kind of is not legally enforced here. Right in your structure, but you kind you abide by because you're a nice guy. Many people are not going to be like that. Many, and I'm saying that we shouldn't rely on the magnanimity. Uh, magnanimous we don't have nature to. We, we're going back to this point because we don't have to with the right. Well, rules even in an place. example, but let like me ask you the one we, I mentioned. We got in off Germany point. still yields terrible, like still is susceptible so to not the a social democracy capital. Let me ask you this. Wait, yes, it is. Germany, is it? Germany arguably is. Uh, yes, not every. As much as okay, I don't know a lot about Germany, yeah. so America, I'm not gonna. I don't want to get America is that. a social democracy as well. The problem is, like, American social democracy is a is a laughable uh, uh, example of. So let's social not democracy. use it then. But going back, why is it better? Because I don't think I ever got an answer to have a strenuous hiring process. Why is it better to have a strenuous? Uh, you are. When you engage in in commodity production with another person, I think it's perfectly valid to ensure that this person is not going to be like a scumbag and cheat you, fuck you over. I think it's it's good business practice, even in a capitalist sense, to ensure that the person that you're hiring is not like but can, some fucking well, right. Random that's dickhead. just that's just um yeah, that's just common sense. And the more you but you grow, do acknowledge the so you do acknowledge the hesitancy to hire people. I do. I, I'm don't, not necessarily saying it's a bad thing. I don't know what, okay. We'll move I, I don't on, think it's a bad thing. I guess a bit of an because, impasse again. Because, and as companies grow, you have different people in different units that also are, you know, uh, engaging in hiring. Like, it's just that workers now have more of a say in which direction the company should go. And that's a good thing. This it's not a bad thing. It's been for me for like a week. And on my business, I spent five years building. I don't want to give him a decision on where the company goes. I think that why should he have that right? Well, you no, know what I mean, I, I I'm not saying the janitor comes in and unilaterally makes decisions. That's well, not right. how that works. But I'm curious how it does work. So, it's a it's a it's communication. The other person is a human being as well. If you have a major disagreement, then you look for someone else to work in that position. This is how it works. Okay. Is, the the I'm only not difference in that situation the is that you don't either. have the you don't have the 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 fear of like subsistence living at the other end of that bargain. Whereas like you have better amenities, better protections, and and so therefore you're more share, comfortable. You just made good living conditions because. The idea is that's what I'm that, already saying that I don't think that makes socialism unique because we can provide good living conditions and benefit. We can, but we haven't. Now that, by the way, but, one aspect again, of social democracy that we've talked about uh, is the domestic one. We have yet to even uncover the other much worse side of social democracies, which is 
uh, uh, resource extraction in the third world and imperialism. Uh, and, and that is a necessity under global capitalism. And that is the reason why we have the haves and the have nots on the domestic level. You believe that there is a regulatory agency that can make things more just I don't feel prepared ensure, to have a conversation about the third world stuff because I'm not super familiar with it. Perfectly fine. But, but like I can. But, but, I mean, I can but you understand that like that's a, a part oh, of course. how everything I mean, listen, works. Explo- well, so exploiting in the truest sense of the word is definitely what's been <laughs> yeah, happening. Even through. on a, even on a capitalist understanding, yeah. that's like explo- yeah. hyper exploitation. I mean, clear, clearly, I think that all humans on this earth deserve um, rights and comfort and yeah and a right yeah you know what i mean it it is funny though like one thing i will mention in the domestic you know going back to the labor force thing is that like we're so susceptible (coughs) and and so programmed under capitalist dogma that we refuse to see a world outside of it and we're so captured in that uh in that worldview that uh oftentimes the 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 number one counter against uh, a socialist governance or democracy in the workplace or anything like that is always like what do you want, the fucking janitor just came in yesterday to make these decisions? Like, no one no, said he's the CEO now. I just now. want to understand how it works, because you keep saying RevShare. Yeah. RevShare is only one component so of the it. RevShare can no, be democratically assigned. If the, we'll say what? Okay, here is an example. When I first started the podcast, I was originally undercast. It was fucking terrible. We quit. We started our own podcast, me and Will. We need a producer because we don't have that skill set. We needed someone to change the cameras and maybe do a little bit of, uh, you know, someone to post the videos, do the captions, titling, thumbnailing, right? So in that situation, we looked for someone, we found someone, and we were splitting it three ways. We were splitting the revenue three ways, anything that we made, Uh right? And even before that, I was also giving March money as well to make sure that he, like, at least had a fucking, you know, had had a revenue opportunity even when we weren't generating a lot of revenue, Okay. right? So (coughs) what did I do after that? The podcast grew. Fear and now has five cast members. We brought in Austin Show, my good friend, and Cutie Cinderella. And when that happened, us three, we got together and we had a conversation. Okay. Do we need more hosts? Do we think that this will be beneficial? Right. Right. Do we think that we will end up making, you know, more revenue, generating more revenue in the long run? Right. Will we have people with unique uh, creative ideas? Like, I care more about the creative output than anything else than revenue i haven't even touched the fucking revenue that i've generated from the podcast um and we got together and we had a conversation and i think that that is a significantly more equitable and just and better way of doing business than me hiring march me giving will some money originally like a fat salary or maybe cutting in on the rev share for him and then giving march like a super high fucking wage right way higher than like the average producer and then uh, and then making these decisions single-handedly let me add another aspect to your example let's say you need to hire a cleaner to come clean the office she works for the podcast she comes she cleans the office she works full time how do you pay her um the the cleaner side of this is not like i mean i don't have an office like that but the janitorial services theoretically in a in a theoretical situation where we have someone that that needs to do it yeah we would we would also get together as a unit okay the existing company would get together and decide what level just like hiring the two other hosts we decide what level of revenue cuts we are going to take from our five percent 
to give you're making her to the other person. Offer. It's not really that different than a so, salary. And, and once they get that job, and yeah. there are many different ways of doing this, but once they get that job, and let's say they worked for two years, three years, then they have a say in the revenue sharing structure and the power sharing structure as well. Because it doesn't have to happen like instantaneously. A lot of people forget that. Well, like, the, my problem is that in yeah. the socialist uh, economy, if this is being regulated by the government. People can get together now and decide to do whatever the fuck they want in their company. And mm -hmm. That's great. Mm -hmm. You know, but in the socialistic economy, there's rules that says you need to pay her X amount of rev share. What you're saying is not true. Okay. You want to know why? Yes. Because you want a social democracy, which kind of exists and market regulation exists under capitalist formations and plenty of capital owners hate that. As a matter of fact, I would say universally capital owners hate any kind of market regulation, which is why they choose to erode it as Wait. best as they possibly can or they use it to their advantage I'm to create confused. an artificial barrier of entry into certain sectors. I'm saying in a socialist economy, there's going to be laws. That Just say like there are laws in a capitalist economy that you, capital in owners socialism, hate. How, how... I'm saying the government is telling you how much you need to pay the janitor. That's not how that would work. Then how would it work? Because but it, would, if, it would be it would be it, government. Isn't that how how is that functionally different than a minimum wage in our That's society? That's my point. That's my point. Yeah. Why okay, do they well then, so, well, so why I do think, but socialism is much more radical. We're talking it's not. Uh, social It doesn't have to be. Moving, I, I America, think moving America to a purely socialistic society. Instead of my thing is I think social democracy is better than socialism. And you guys are explaining something to, that, to me, sounds a lot like something that we can already do without this huge undertaking of changing our economy from a capitalist to social democracy one to a socialism one. Yeah. You're talking about a minimum wage. We already do that. And we can uh, already do better of th with that via mm -hmm. regulations. But, so why but the, the reason why we haven't been able to is because, like, I, will, I, will, <laughs> I think the best way to explain it is this way, okay? You like capitalism with socialist characteristics. I like socialism with capitalist characteristics. Yo, you just said that. So, so we're, we're both social de democrats. So that doesn't mean that <laughs> I'm... The no, difference? I still believe it, that the it, government wait, should be... Wait, what's the be, difference now? You said you like socialism with capitalism. The difference is... No, I, I said I like socialism yeah. with capitalist characteristics, meaning that the governing, the, the, the governing uh, economy... Like the entire economy still revolves around a socialist mode of production where the owners, uh, the workers are the owners. They own the means of production. They have the, they, they have a say in their benefits. They have a say in and what happens in the company. And I can fire them whenever I want though. Well, you, there will still obviously be protections against like unjust firings and whatnot. And there should be certainly. There are uh, now. And there are now as well. Except really good. Um, America is a great example of. In California, there are really America good. is a great example, however, of like how there aren't. Which how right it shouldn't be. State. And it shouldn't be that way. Exactly. Yeah. And, but the reason why it's not that way is because we have capitalism with like laughable socialist characteristics. Dude, that's, we don't even I have find it very interesting that you're saying you want socialism with capital capitalist characteristics. Capitalist characteristics in the sense that not the it doesn't touch the means of production or the or the mode of production but but offers uh an offers an abundance of resources and offers the the idea that you have freedom. One of the major problems with former historic socialist projects have always been commodity production being streamlined on necessity. And not necessarily silly things like lighter production, industries that revolve around making 
uh, I don't know, chocolate and, and coffee. Coffee was a major problem in, in, in uh, East Germany. So like things of that nature that people need, um, I think those are things that we need to work on. Uh, and, and that capitalism, I think, has done a much better job at, at offering uh, to people. And that has a very sedating uh, influence on the masses. I don't Consumerism. see Consumerism. What- I don't see what's so great and humanizing about hiring a janitor for point zero 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 one five percent of the company. What do you? I, I don't understand. We, that's but, not what I said. But, but, you you so, just but you the, just made that assertion. But, you, but we're saying there's a minimum wage. There's a minimum equity mm-hmm. share that that janitor would need to get. Well, are you talking about we're in ta- comparison to doing we're profit talking about sharing a model? Minimum wage. Uh, right. Uh, well, but comparing it to a a model where employees are cut in on the profit is what you're saying. Comparing that, uh, what we have now to that. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I would just point out that, well, so first of all, you had uh, talked about it a lot earlier about like, well, what companies do that? There's a (laughs) lot of examples of bigger firms that do do this kind of thing. Okay. Um, a A great one is Southwest Airlines. Did you know that they have a massive employee profit sharing model how does it work what's the details so it's a once a year payment and yeah. they look at how they did the last year and then a certain percentage of the profits they distribute as bonuses to all of the employees and that it's pretty is, and it's fairly significant dude that's great mm-hmm. but in a socialist country how that's it that's all you want because that's easy i can do i can you know what i mean like like what are you asking for when you're asking for socialism just a bonus fund based on just based on profit because that's easy uh, no, not necessarily, but I, I, I'm, listen, I wasn't trying to make any assertion about that. I was just trying to give you an example of, you were asking earlier, like what companies do that. I think here's, that's awesome. Here's a big one that does it. I think that's awesome. And I'd even be in favor of regulating that and saying, yo, you need to put aside like 5% or 10% or whatever. I don't care mm-hmm. of your profits to distribute evenly mm-hmm. amongst your employees. Is that socialism? No, that, that would all be, it takes? That would be some aspect of socialization, especially if it's like earned by the workers that have I, some level of uh, of collective bargaining. It just seems so bureaucratic. I don't understand the workplace. In Bureaucracy the world. still is very much at the foundation of an, a, a bourgeois state as well. It's but just like, that but like, we, we dude, don't think I'm about. talking like... This is bureaucratic bureaucracy on bureaucracy on bureaucracy. No, I don't, I don't understand your workplace. I'll, I'll tell you if this that's much. not good enough, then what is? Here, I don't understand. Uh, there is, I think uh, it's called People's Republic of Walmart. It's a really good book. <laughs> um, and and so like <laughs> the title. there was a genuine problem in the USSR with how to deal with uh, crops and, <laughs> and agriculture. <laughs> And central planning, unfortunately, <laughs> had limitations at the time because we did not have the computational power. One of the ironically... Uh, Uh, like steps in in the right direction was actually coming from Chile, which then got their own 9-11 50 years ago, but we won't get into that because, you know, socialism bad. Um, But uh, there there wasn't enough computational power uh, to to implement centralized planning at that time effectively, and it led to plenty of issues, right? So, ironically, nowadays, we we, we have centralized planning, inside of Walmart, inside of Amazon, and uh, the, the, these companies are generating a ton of revenue mm. that they could cut their workers into. Maybe How? they would be much smaller. Maybe they, could be, maybe they would be much smaller What's the in minimum size. that would make it socialist? That's what I'm curious about. I don't, I don't think there's like an exact uh, 
dollar value rather than because you're looking for an exact dollar value rather than I'm talking about an entirely different way of of thinking. But there's the law. There's a law in a socialist country that says you must do. I'll this. give you. I'll Happy. give you one example. I'll give you a, a, a good example from yeah. your life. Right. Right now, you have Cam. Right. Mm -hmm. Cam does wonderful goof scaffs and, and Photoshop. Splaps. We love Cam. Yeah. Thank you. And, and no, let's give it up for Cam. Nature. Let's give it up we for Cam, Cam real quick. Yeah. I love you guys. I love you guys. So, <laughs> technically, if you were interested in uh, maximizing your revenue, what you could have done instead of hiring Cam was outsource it to Fiverr or, I don't know, get like, uh, you know, some, some Filipino graphic design company. If you were one of those like TikTok guys out there who's like, you know, I fired my entire workplace and like fucking hired everyone in Pakistan for, you know, five cents an hour. It's fucking sick. Like you could be one of those guys and do that. But the reason why you didn't do that is because you feel as though correctly that Cam uh, yields better output. Hey, hey, hey. No. Chewing? She almost. I Don't caught do her. It. No. You do it. No. Alfredo, you got to enforce the law on her. No. Alfredo Here. has no interest. Alfredo, no. you have a monopoly yeah. on violence Go. in this, in this office. Dog. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I welcome. Uh, I welcome. Uh, welcome to a welcome yeah. break. Yeah. yeah. Bad dog. Okay. Please continue. Uh, how cool um, I am. So yeah, you don't do that, and and there should be restrictions on that. Uh, certainly, like there should be restrictions on being able to do that. Um, being able to just like completely outsource your your workplace. Um, those restrictions can come in a capitalist country in the form of tariffs, which many do. Protectionist trade uh, or protocols exist globally with the exception of the united states of america which has some protectionist policies but uh others that uh i mean most protectionist policies still benefit the interests of capital rather than the working class there um and and trade partnerships have created a structure where like labor has been uh, outsourced overseas our manufacturing capabilities have been completely outsourced these are very bad things that exist exclusively due to uh Exclusive due to greed that you understand uh, under under capitalism that needs to constantly be put in check. But a government that is designed, a government that's full of rich people that is interested in uh, in, in their own uh, in their own wealth and wealth accumulation that has stock options and trades like Paul Pelosi and uh, and and has you know that gets jobs for their family members in Goldman Sachs like Ted Cruz. And, and many other examples is never going to is never going to truly represent the interests of the working class and is always going to put the interests of capital ahead of the interests of the working class. You will never be able to have a real democracy. That's the difference between a bourgeois democracy and a proletarian democracy uh, or a dictatorship of the proletariat rather than a dictatorship of the capital owning class. I, I just want to know how the socialist workplace works. It seems so nebulous when you talk about it. Why is it? I don't think it's nebulous at all. I but you, gotta be, okay, I, I have a living, breathing, on, working right, example right of it that I've given you. I know, but like, there's got to be like a constitution that says outlines, <laughs> or I don't know, whatever the fuck you want to write, right? There's got to be something, and it says like, or or rule laws mm -hmm. that says you know this is the minimum that a person should get from the company. Yes. And it should be married to the output. Be, it, it should be married to the productive forces. It should be married to the output. That should be pegged. We talked to, about this enough, though. I don't want to bore people. That should be pegged to 
the performance. <laughs> and I think that that is the best possible way I, to work. I guess my problem on that is like, how could you possibly... Enforce that? How, no, not even enforce. How could you possibly even um, uh, analyze that? Like how much, how much more... Uh, well, How much more money go, are we making because the janitor comes? That's where we go to the Walmart example. Um, that like we are already completely aware of that. We have you know, uh, it, we have actuaries, we have uh, CPAs that are working in real time, uh, making mathematical equations okay. to figure out exactly what not to pay people <laughs> technically, um, and they could be in a What's totalist a social reorganization people? of the economy with a socialist dogma. Okay. So would, would work in the opposite direction. Okay. It's kind of like this. I, 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 please, let's move to another topic. Okay, I don't, well, don't want to bore people. Well, wealth, wealth was one <laughs> aspect of this, right? Like, we already have property taxes, for example, in America, but we never make similar mathematical equations on capital gains, earnings that you make in the stock market. Wealth accumulation could work in the exact same way as property taxes, and yet we don't have any mathematicians working on that. That's a part. good idea, but... And, and that's a great idea, right? People probably do that in, in a lot of countries that aren't socialist. Um, well, <laughs> this is not just the distinction between socialism but that's, and, okay. and whatnot. Because but, there is, we talked about theory. We good. talked a lot about theory, but then we also have to talk about like what is possible, right? At least that's in the rude. short term. And that is the reason why I always try to tell more uh, rugged, more more uh, rigid, more... Um, uh, that's passionate where, socialists. That's where I'm coming to, from. Though. To cooperate, I know, to cooperate with people that are also perceived as radicals in America. Like, there's a reason why Bernie Sanders, who has been a socialist his entire life, basically has only implemented, instituted, or advocated for social democratic reforms in the United States of America. That's it. That's the only. There's the the only reason why he's done that is so that he can, uh, he can he can inspire the masses. And, and create an opportunity where workers have more control over their own lives and, and develop autonomy and inevitably develop class consciousness, creating uh, ample opportunity for, uh, if you uh, believe in that sort of thing, socialist revolution. Right. But that would never happen if the people were, were happy with their conditions. I feel like that would not happen. But anyway, let, uh, so let me ask you this uh, to peg this down even more. In a socialist workplace, a socialized workplace, certain jobs are still going to get paid more than others, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so there's still going to be class. There'll be class, right? There'll be class distinctions in a socialist. No, the class distinction is not on pay. That's a, that's a, no? a, a, a liberal uh, understanding. That's actually you why... Think people be like, you're, you're, I see people like, you're the rich dude in the Porsche. And I'm the and I'm the working class dude in the great Toyota. question, great question. You don't think people will see that? So social hierarchies are inevitable. There will be different kinds of hierarchies. What you're talking about is is perfectly valid, but the class distinction in a socialist economy is not is is completely abolished because <laughs> the idea Excuse is that there will be those who have and those who have not is what you're saying at least in the interim. People, everyone will have. But, but everyone be people will that have, have more. Exactly. People who have a lot more. Yes. Some people that want to have more will be we'll able have a to lot have more. more. And even a lot more. Yes. This is why I always... And they'll be part of a class, don't This you is think? why I always talk about... No, because Dude, they have no control over I, the lives I, of others in that regard. I find this idea that, like, people in a socialist country who are, have a lot more, 
they're able to make a lot more money, somehow won't be influenced by power or influence or greed that somehow in you're, this society you're saying no matter what happens dispelled. it will turn into capitalism is what you're saying i think like, there so, will be a there will well, be these people are going to be influencing the a system concentration to benefit power. themselves yes um the best way to stop that from happening <clears throat> is democracy democracy in the workplace actual uh, like we cannot even imagine mark fisher once said it's easier to imagine the end of the world than to imagine the end of capitalism and he was right uh, this is this is capitalist realism because we are having this argument within the boundaries and within the cultural understanding of like existing capitalism today. And the reality is, uh, well, there you we have no way you and I, as it stands, I have no way of like helping you try to imagine a world where like each individual worker has more autonomy and does not suffer from alienation you don't in their think it, workplace you don't which think. would offer them plenty of more educational opportunities plenty more free time um i guess the example you can point to in, in terms of difference uh, different degrees of socialization would be a uh, a person doing contracted work at uber okay to make ends meet in america versus like a regular unionized uh, factory worker in Germany, the level of autonomy that they have and the level of, of interest that they have and the level of engagement that they have in a workplace democracy or some form of it is drastically different than the contracted Uber employee. Their worldview is drastically different. Their democracy yields uh, uh, drastically different results as a consequence. But let's be realistic. We're not going to spring into an alternate reality where capitalism isn't doesn't we're not dominate the which world which is why i have to be realistic which is why i always advocate which is for, part of why i'm saying no no but that's why i always advocate for for that it's is more why realistic. i always advocate for in the interim social democratic reforms that will yield more opportunities for oh, uh, Dan, are you that will yield more opportunities you? for for uh, uh for workers <laughs> to organize now, so, of course, so, you, hold can, on. you can prove, you can I want to follow, say, I want to follow this out a little okay. further because I think it's interesting. So in a socialist country, there's going to be people who make a lot more. And within a company, are they exploiting their workers? The, the CEO, the founder of a car company, he makes a lot more than mm -hmm. the workers. As long as, it is, as long as it is democratically organized in the sense that like, uh, every single person is like, no, your your productive output in this circumstance is significantly higher than us. Mm -hmm. Then, yeah, that that would. And be how do they valid determine that? Through a do like democratic a, process, they have like after, a vote for everybody in the company has equal uh, ballot power. Uh, depending on uh, like how long you've worked at the company and and things of that nature, these are different formations at this point. Like th this is now we're getting into. Uh, like how do we organize uh, our workplace and like mm -hmm. how much power do we give each individual vote in the workplace? Yes, they would have one vote, but ultimately um, What are the matters that they are tasked with uh, voting on and there's a like even in unions There's a structure right like every single person does have a vote the rank-and-file will always vote But there's still a negotiations committee. Dude. There's still someone engaging in the contract negotiations. Let me say this. There's still elections being held inside of the union. Does that make sense? It does and but and here similar... does this make sense? Yeah, you're inside of and I want to ask you Dan because I, I I'm curious about your opinion. You're inside a big Company, let's just say they make cars. There's tons of employees there the the CEO founder he makes a lot more than the employees 
Do you think that uh, the leaders should make more than the workers, Dan? Uh, well, it just kind of depends on. Le- I mean, there's. I think there's nuance there because I think it really depends on what what the company looks like, how it operates. Um, should should the CEO who is on a day to day basis working and managing a company? make more money. He does works the same hours as the production people. I mean, with more responsibility, I think should inherently come with some more privilege. However, I mean, now are we talking about a CEO or are we talking about an owner? Because a lot of owners well, don't well, do shit. No, I'm talking about someone who's working because the right. idea of ownership is probably different in a socialist. Right. And, 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 and the owners may, it may be private or it may even may Not be a public owners, company in the, the, the CEO. Then, so you, you agree he should make more. So it let's depends. Say, it, so depends. Let's it, just, it. it just depends. Yeah. There's not there's just there's not room for nuance. What you do you, can't, there's just not. What do you mean? If, there's you, not if you're living nuance. in a socialist country, this shit needs to be like laid out. Like there's not room but, for but nuance like, where but, in every workplace no, just like we're gonna is, decide the just little like different rules for everything. Under capitalism where you have the freedom to fucking no, but there's operate rules, in that like regard. minimum wage. But with rules, exactly, you would have the similar structure. Uh, pegged to like. I'm trying uh, to ask you guys what the rules, the and I keep getting these nebulous, like, like a maximum answers. wage tied directly but, to your lowest paid <laughs> that, employee. This is what I wanted to say, though. Let's say. Do you hear what I said? I did. Maximum wage tied to like. Uh, there, there could be a, a situation where like a maximum wage could be implemented under a socialist structure <laughs> to ensure that every single workplace has at least a maximum wage that is directly tied to the lowest paid uh, lowest paid worker and their full blown compensations and benefits package that they okay, get. Okay, let's just go back to so the the CEO he earns more. He has more responsibility. Oh, son, you said he's I don't he agree with that more. either. No, no, no. I don't agree with CEOs having more responsibility or, or should earn more for the record. As, what? You just said No, that no, no, they no, no. I if you're the an dude owner Porsche, operator, the if you're an owner operator and you're literally fucking I was talking to Dan about this before, uh, earlier before you got here, but it's like the difference between what you do and the difference between like, let's say a jewelry designer is that a jewelry designer can outsource their fucking labor, but you are the main product here, which um, is why which it's is very why hard for you to see it. I'm using a different example. Yeah. Like so auto. if you're a fucking jewelry designer and you are responsible for all the beautiful designs in your jewelry, that's like super competitive. Everybody loves it. Everyone wants to buy your fucking jewelry. Right. Um, you can still hire other people, like designers, to help uh, benefit that process and, and make better jewelry. Workplace okay, where everybody's altruistic. Yes, they vote to say the CEO should make more money than us. Yes. Well, the way that works would be slowly but surely, as you bring on more people into your company, or as you expand and you grow. Okay, in a democratic capacity, you are taking away the the earnings that you have. Uh, right now and eroding it because you're giving it to some people that are coming in because you think that they're valuable enough to be able to paid that way uh, to be paid that way but that process is being democratically voted on and ultimately you know that you're doing that because you're in your understanding later down the line if you care about this sort of thing you're going to make even more money or rather money rather money shouldn't money, be a motivator Money should not be a motivator. You're right. Why like, does in my C- situation, why does not. the CEO care if his company makes more money? It's not. He's not going to make more money. No, no. It's long in the long term. You are creating more stability this way because you understand that every expansion of your of your uh, productive output. Okay, yeah. every single 
piece of expansion on your productive output yields better long-term stability and more money if that's what you're fucking motivated by. But ultimately, they that's not the main motivator, and it should not be the main motivator anyway. I think that's a horrible thing to say if you're considering socialism, that money's a motivator. That's like almost, I think like, some that's people, like, almost like taboo, I feel like. No, don't don't worry about what other people say in this situation or what you think people will perceive from okay, what I'm saying. Let me go back. Let me go back. Because like, that, that part is make. irrelevant. Okay, so let's say in a world where the CEO makes more money, do you think it's a, a possible or even likely situation that the, the heads of these companies who make more money are going to want to influence the government and their workers to vote or support legislation that gives them more money or more influence? Is that a likely outcome? Wait, can you can you ask that again? Sorry, and, and I, I within saw a comment saying you were rectangular, and it fucked my brain a little bit. <laughs> I I think that uh, I I think that yes, and I think that speaks to what Hassan was saying. Ah. I think that's what it speaks to what Hassan was saying earlier about why a lot of Marxists uh, uh, have criticism of social democracy that that lack of elimination of the capitalist profit motive part of the economy it doesn't will, will doesn't naturally work. result in what yeah, you're that's saying that's my point so thank you dan in socialism the motive the money motive doesn't it, it's literally in it's not compatible it doesn't work because you're going to have people at the top who are going to want more they're going to want more influence they're going to want more power they're going to want more money mm -hmm. and they're going to exert their influence their status even if they don't make more money they have status yeah, For there's sure. going to be there's going to they're going to have they're going to be able to influence socialism it. is not e egalitarian in the sense that there's like what I'm saying, full Dan, blown that there's equity. a problem here. Socialism so, does not socialism only exists socialism, when you remove the money motive, right? Dan? Socialism and in the way we understand socialism, yes, uh, the money motive is is but now that, we're talking about that doesn't seem now like we're talking something about you want to do. You don't want to remove the money motive because I'm in the I'm in the middle ground where I'm talking about like what's you're a social democrat. No, I'm not. I'm talking Sounds about Sounds like you are. I'm talking about the realistic short-term period because I don't live in that reg I don't live with that with that I operational agree that basis if we lived myself. In a, listen, if we if I But agree, I know that other live, people can't do that dude, for the time being. If we could uh just teleport into a utopian Star Trek world where money doesn't exist and everybody's equal, yeah, everybody would love that. But let's talk about real shit. I am talking about real shit. Well, that's what I'm. Why, that's all I'm trying I'm to do too. You, which is why I'm giving you an example of like the interim period of moving towards socialization or social, uh, a a socialist transitional. I state. agree with that. But but the problem is when I describe that, you say, well, that's not socialism. I like I'm like, yeah, I know. Money being a motivator no, no. for certain I'm people. I'm saying once you move to socialism, the system, in my opinion, falls apart. It doesn't work because it falls <laughs> to the same trappings. Because people are going to want more power, they're going to want more influence, you're going to have capitalistic parties, thank you, Lena, that are going to want yes. to influence, you're and going to have these external forces yes, that want who, that freedom, that want that there individualism. there will always be, even in a democratic organization and in the I workplace, believe the best there will be people that, that can, make more, right? That's what I believe you're the best that we can do yeah. is provide laws and regulations that guarantees people a fair, equitable life. Let me ask within you this. that Within those rules... I believe if you're operating within those rules, then 
you can do and make however much money as you want if you're operating the rules with a super progressive tax rate and everybody's provided for. Because if you want to move to a socialist system, I don't mm-hmm. think that that I don't think that system actually works. So the cultural differences it, it, that we the cultural sense. differences that we see in countries that are still capitalist but social democratic versus countries like the United States of America that are hyper individualistic and and have like very little social democracy is the argument that I'm making is that with more social amenities and with higher degrees of socialization, people's attitude towards money and money making becomes drastically different. Status there are is important, different, though. There are different motivators. Yes, status can be an important thing, but that, that social hierarchy, but that social hierarchy designed around status has nothing to do with the productive output and has nothing to do with like your material reality. It has the capacity to change like the way people perceive you. It's like an attractive person versus like someone who is maybe not as uh, aesthetically pleasing, right? Those things are going to exist. Like there is always going to socialism doesn't mean like LeBron James has to be the same fucking height as like, you know, uh, uh, like a, like a five foot person to play basketball. There's going to be different earners. There's going to be, uh, there is always going to be some level of competition. This is not a bad thing. This is a good thing. This is how you, this is how you innovate. If there's different levels of earners, do you agree that that seems to be incompatible with Marx's theory of socialism? Because if no, because no, it's absolutely not. Because it, all all and correct me if I'm wrong, Hassan, because you're more read on this than me. But mm-hmm. all all that is being said at the end of the day is that people are entitled to the value that they create. If somebody creates more value than somebody else, then they are entitled to more the, value. The theory is wonderful. Yes, but and the idea- and I'm talking about we're talking about real shit, right? Mm-hmm. So when people make more, they're gonna want to influence. I, I'm not saying everybody, but again, this goes back to what I was saying mm-hmm. last week. There's people who are pathological. Okay, yes, there's always bad faith and, and and even in a socialist country, the sociopaths are probably gonna float to the top just because they're willing to do everything that other people aren't, or they care about status and power, mm-hmm. where other people don't. And so these high-functioning, highly motivated sociopaths are going to want to influence government and business democracies mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. increase like, their power and influence. Like they do now under a Yes, like system. they do right. now. Right. And okay. that's why I think it's not realistic to expect that not to happen. And I think the most realistic and the best way is in between. Can I, capitalism can I count on what you said? Hold on. Capitalism doesn't work. We know that. Mm-hmm. And I think socialism doesn't work for the same for the same exact thing. Because mm-hmm. people are going to want to, the psychopaths are going to want to move it. And the, I think the only realistic solution is in the middle, where you just create a sandbox that is good for everybody and operate within that sandbox. Because everything else seems like a fantasy to me. Every single thing that you've mentioned in both of these equations still revolve around human greed turning humanity and the way people operate into capitalist little demons who are driven by profit. I do believe self-interest is a thing that happens. It's That's certainly true, which is why you have to have certain restrictions placed upon people that ensure that they don't go, uh, they don't get out of hand with the level of power that they have. The way I describe it is this. 
In America, people always say, labor unions are corrupt. They're actually really bad. They have a rigid hierarchy, and they are also susceptible to nepotism. This much is true in certain labor unions. Oh, there's been a lot of reform in the Teamsters and the UAW. Shouts out to that. No, what do you mean? Historically, there absolutely has been. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't say that. about. Oh, no, no. I know you don't say that about unions. My point is this, though. The way I counter that always is this. There's always going to be corruption. There's always going to be, uh, you know, bureaucratic red tape. There's always going to be nepotism. But I would much rather, if corruption is inevitable, I would much rather have a more just and more equitable, a more democratic process that at the very least by its very design, like in the union structure, offers offers tangible benefits to the workplace, the, the workers, the rather than the corruption that we currently experience on it's a daily basis under the capitalist that's, corruption. That's the same thing I want. Okay, which is why I said, um, you're, oh, but you're not comfortable with think, socialism with capitalist character. I also think that socialism, when you consider corruption and high-functioning sociopaths, there's a lot more risk when, you've, when you centralize the power at the top. Let's say one party... For a full of for a dictatorship or tyranny. To, no, that to that out. I actually don't agree with at all. I think that the democratic process in and of itself, whether it's a multi-party uh, system or a single-party system or a two-party system like we have that yields like uh, results exclusively, like the material changes that are made are are done at the behest of corporations and the wealthy capital owners. Um, no matter what, I think that a more democratic process is always going to be a better and more effective mechanism at fighting against centralized power and, and sociopaths that want to assume control. I, I, I think that if there are, again, if that is an inevitability, no matter what happens, I personally believe that more of a democratic process is going to be more effective. I'll give you an example. I like democracy DuPont too. Chemical. DuPont Chemical under the capitalist, liberal, uh, bourgeois democracy in, in uh, the United States of America, was able to uh, dump toxic waste into farmlands and destroy natural water supplies and delicate ecosystems. They still do it to this day. We have PFAS, the forever chemicals, right? Um, that is everywhere. We have microplastics, all that good stuff, right? In a situation where, let's say, DuPont, Farm, DuPont Chemicals was like at least democratically organized, the workers themselves have more power to say what the fuck are we doing you're destroying my fucking uncle's uh, you know farm you're destroying my backyard right and that way they can put a stop to it or at least demand changes to happen rather than expect the government to turn around and be like all right we're the epa we just realized that uh we are going to uh, so you want we just less government or more government because socialism no. is like all government government no that's not true ethan socialism is simply giving more power to the individual telling, in that regard you have a government that also you're exists. telling people you do not have a choice you cannot run your business this way you you cannot yeah i mean you that the, that's so that's yes. a stronger government than we have that's, yeah that's a really but i think strong you want a stronger government. government than we have you want a strong well government. i want a strong you want, government you want market that regulation yeah but it's even stronger than the one that i want that says, yeah. here's your workplace. You must exist in it. So you're saying, on one hand, the EPA is silly. Well, the EPA... But on the well, other in hand... DuPont, in, the, in the situation with DuPont... The, let's if you want, leave the if you want me to finish this, to because it's not a hypothetical. This is something that actually happened. EPA said, sorry, we're gutted. We don't have any... We don't have, like, 
enough researchers, a lot of the researchers that work at EPA also end up getting jobs at DuPont or vice versa. There's always a revolving door, tit for tat. Uh, regulatory capture is something that these corporations do in an effort to monopolize and also improve their profit margins as always. So in that structure, the EPA basically delegated DuPont with figuring out how toxic their pollutants were. And of course, uh, until a journalist uncovered this entire thing, uh, they were able to claim that these toxic pollutants weren't as bad, right? So there is no mechanism the in this situation where we, cancerous, uh, where we just, capitalism. Yeah, so we just sit there and we expect the government that uh, that is, you know, appointing people into positions of power that literally have a material. Oh, no, listen. We expect the government to enforce certain regulations and restrictions that they do not because the people that are placed into that position of power have no interest or need in placing said restrictions or maybe even lack the know-how Maybe people in the company do don't want to make less money. So the, maybe they don't have access to all the data that well, the CEO has. Well, the beautiful has. part about that is that at least historically speaking, what you're describing has never happened. What I mean by that is when you look at the UAW, for example, it is supposed to be in their best interest to be anti-EV. And yet for some reason, Sean Fain and the UAW's perfectly understanding of a well, Green New Deal Well, there's also never been a for that, that has a purely socialistic hierarchy where where they That's make not true. Less. There's there's cooperative where corporations. People, okay, where they make less. Like Mondragon is a good example uh, of. Uh, and uh, have they been uh, have they been levied with the task of deciding to make less money to help the environment? Yes. When? Absolutely. Not to help the economy, but they. My are, point is that saying one is better than the other is just theory. You know. Well, we are talking about simply theory I think because we both agree EPA, that capitalism doesn't work. I think a strong EPA is great. In fact, I think you'd still need an EPA in a socialist country. I don't think it eliminates the need for the a EPA. Agreed, 100%, which is what what I was saying <laughs> is in that socialist <laughs> formation, there is actual real mechanisms of control that can put a stop to this kind of thing rather than uh, rather than power accumulating in the hands of the few at the top of the corporate structure that then make these decisions, I think make these hiring practices to get these people great. in the revolving door. In theory, what I you're think saying in, is great. In practice, it would be great as well. I think we in practice seeing... would be great, but I don't think it's I don't think it's possible. But but okay, so now so let's go back to this idea so of greed. First right? you said, you're so saying, first you said the theory doesn't work. Now you're saying in practice it won't work. No, because it's not. It's not. And the, what it, I mean is that it's you can't organize it that way. It won't work. And and you know what I mean. But but I'm, but we what are I mean is it. that we, we do see different. You and I are in agreement that higher degrees of socialization is a benefit. Okay. We, we're in agreement. You yeah. like unions. You want workers to have more yes. control. You want workers to have more power, more yes. say, uh, and have more autonomy ultimately. Yeah. So you and I are absolutely in agreement <coughs> on that front. So to say that that doesn't work in theory, I, I think betrays I'm talking the, about the workplace specifically. Well, yeah, in the workplace as well. You, a, you're a in big, agreement, no? That's a, that's a huge difference. We spend eighty percent of our adult lives in the workplace. This is the most important and place I believe for it political be organization. Listen, um, we we seem to have a disagreement with about like greed. Like there seems to be this notion that people that live in a capitalist country, we we understand greed and desire for wealth uh, differently. Then uh, an example we see is like Native Americans. And that's part of why I can't conceive of a mm -hmm. true socialistic country. You're, you're saying that like, uh, you know, primitive <coughs> communism or primitive accumulation, which has been 
the foundation of like societal development for much longer than uh, the industrial revolution or post-industrial revolution capitalism, right? Um, I've seen a lot of people say that greed is learned. That if you grew up in a in a pure yes. socialist society, no, absolutely, even... self interest is a okay. is a real thing that people have, but people can be taught, and people can uh, learn that the the collective aspects of societal development are far more important for self interest than the individual, the hyper individualistic. Like I'm gonna get mine, fuck everybody else. So, so let me the point of going to this greed discussion is to talk about like human nature and that in a I believe that in a perfect society socialist society there'll be forces of influence of wealthy people people with status people with power wanting it more for themselves mm -hmm. my argument and, and, and is, I believe that that's an in, and I believe is, that that's innate yeah if, if so first of all uh, I don't <laughs> think that there's a biological imperative I think that, like I said, what's the self interest? Self interest can be. What's if you have a resource hoarding and greed. Yes. So how is it, how is accumulating lots of money different than resource gathering or so accumulation? I will describe it to you. A society that heightens um, collectivist understandings, okay, as a consequence of it being directly tied to our. Uh, at this point, our means of production and how we understand it, how we how we uh, generate commodities, is going to have the exact opposite opinion on collectivism versus hyper individualism in the way that you see it under capitalism. More people will have a a collective understanding that like we are in this together and that we're working side by side. Um, Most, not all. Then, then yes, you're right. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that there will still be people who are self interested. People who will still want to utilize uh, uh, the the existing constructs, the existing hierarchies, to their immediate advantage mm -hmm. at the cost of others. But my point is that if that is an inevitability, which I agree, because there will be people who are sociopathic, criminals, okay, uh, charlatans, least, uh, okay. the lumpen pros, and whatnot. Yeah. Okay, that yeah. will always exist. But even if that exists in the hype, in, and I'm being very realistic about this. <laughs> Wouldn't it be better to have more mechanisms of control in the form of democracy and have to and ensure a world in which everyone has more autonomy in a place where they spend 80% of their lives on? It would be. So, yeah, then, then we're in agreement. We're, there's a rubber band, you know, it's pulling us, the center of gravity is social democracy. Capitalism, socialism, and the rubber band's pulling us in both directions towards the center. That's what I believe. Okay. And my point always is that while marginal incremental reform in social democracies were made when uh, there was actually a counterforce in the form of communists, trade unionists, anarchists, and the like, okay, they have been thoroughly eviscerated both in this country and in Europe as well, which is precisely the reason why you see Europe following <laughs> the American attitude with, uh, uh, with, it, with its own... Uh, conditions uh getting worse and worse year over year if you're willing to at least acknowledge that there are going to be innately just as a product of the human condition people that are born greedy with a with a desire to want to hoard resources i don't know why you're afraid to say greedy they're hoarding resources um if you're yeah, willing to yeah, admit yeah, that they're going to be like, bad like, people yeah then then that's okay for me because there was some takes i saw no, pretended like that. Don't don't have a conversation okay. with people on 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 Reddit who also 
themselves will probably change their uh, ideas. There's, there's, people are very rigid, especially under the guise of anonymity online. Uh, it's, it's not reflective of the, the actual conversation that you could be having that's productive. Okay, good. I'm glad you hear that. But I, yeah. So let's move on. I to fall into this trap too. I yell at fucking people in my chat all the time because I sometimes uh, lose sight of like sarcasm and I can't get an accurate assessment because I don't know where I you're coming from. I really bad. Okay. But I want to continue this. If you, okay? if you go to pee, I'm fucking, everyone's a communist after this. I'm just letting you know. It's okay. You can have While you're peeing, I'm just going <laughs> to. Maybe no. we should both go so you don't get the advantage. No, I'm going to get you the advantage. You don't need to pee? No. You always pee before me. No, I'm holding it in. <laughs> no, I don't need to pee. <laughs> no, there's no shot you don't need to pee. Yeah. I'm not taking pee. a pause. Oh, God. <laughs> no, do not. You want me to mute his mic? That's fucked up. Um, I'm reading, I'm reading the nope, comment. I have control. I have control. Uh, there you go. I, I, um, I think this is a, I think this has been a, a relatively productive conversation. I mean, God knows what people will do to pick this apart. Cause we're every single time we have conversations, it's very frustrating that like there is a secondary market, like a, like a cottage industry of, of people <laughs> who will like pick apart every, uh, detail and sure. make these like grand, uh, assertions off of it, which is very frustrating because it's like. I guess if you're from one of these communities out there, and there's plenty of them, uh, there's so many people that make videos, right? I mean, how we do like, it. I'm not going to say like that the H3 podcast is... What? Uh, I mean, I would say the H3 podcast, we do that too, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we do that as, we do that as well. Yes, I do that as well. But like, my, my question always is like, if you're coming from one of these communities, like, don't you feel like you're duped a little bit by your, by whoever you trusted into believing that there is like genuine uh discord and and division here like talking about it, you and ethan uh yeah like having me a falling ethan, out or even well people didn't attack you as much surprisingly it was more so me even though you and him had a a, a big disagreement as far as <laughs> well, nobody gives a shit about me i mean come on uh it's it's odd i don't know because oh, like, you, you yeah. have a lot of uh differing opinions as well but for some reason you weren't getting uh you weren't getting criticized as much. It's almost like people are more self-interested in, in certain directions. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's definitely an element of that. People definitely have it out for you. And also, I think uh, I think I saved myself a little bit by being... Um, uh, at the beginning, I don't know if you caught how much of that conversation you caught, but I, I was very reluctant to engage in that conversation. And so, you know, anything that I said was kind of tinged with the fact that like Dan doesn't even really want to be here so I, I guess maybe that softened uh, people's anger I'm sure people did get angry about it but frankly I, I was stressed about it afterwards just because like I, I don't know I, I don't like being the center of attention and so I stayed off of I stayed off of social media all weekend I, I just didn't look at it yeah, Ethan just said they were glazing me up well I'm sure some people were but yeah um, they were saying Queen Dan when <laughs> they were saying when um yeah. You know, maybe I'll take this as an opportunity to uh, to drop a little bit of knowledge. I don't think I've ever actually shared on the show. But, knowledge. Uh, um, my uh, one side of my family was actually uh, I am descended from a bunch of like hardcore Bolsheviks in the Russian Revolution. I knew it. Fuck, dude. That's you. That's I right. We were actually trying to draw this out of you, dude. You're fucking done, God son. My, my last name, Swerdlov, is a uh, bastardization of Sverdlov, who was uh, one of Lenin's like lieutenants in the revolution. You don't want revolution. me to this out? Um, you sure you want this to go out? 
<laughs> so, I mean, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're talking like Damn, great. Dude. We're talking like great great uncle or something here. I, I, you know, I, it's I just, not really like, directly you're, you're connected. The, your family's proletarian violence and his contributions have been noted, man. <laughs> yeah. That's We're Zaris here. How dare you? <laughs> sorry, sorry. I didn't want to yeah. piss off the whites. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I know. I always see this picture, and I'm always like, dude, he seems a little too comfortable in that outfit. <laughs> but like, he's just filling that out uniform. It's a Halloween a costume. It's a Halloween costume. I'm not a weirdo. Red scare. Red scare. Yeah. Red scare. Red scare. Okay, so I want to move on to some more practical topics, but before we do that, I want to say. Uh huh. I think this is a great conversation. I agree. And anyone that's mad, you're wrong. Anyone who's <laughs> upset right now about this conversation, you're just, you're wrong. This is a good conversation we're having. You know, people get heated, but uh, so. I've, been, I've been keeping an eye on the chat, and uh, I think a lot of people <laughs> have found this uh, really interesting. Okay, good. Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> the last time was a little jading, but I wasn't going to stop me. But anyway, also I want to emphasize that we agree on so much, like literally 95%. In in the and practical application, in the short term, we are in agreement 100% of the way. If yeah. you like Bernie Sanders, then, you know, you're good with me. That's like, that's my opinion. Because Americans do not have any class consciousness, and you have to build that. There are certainly differing opinions, like people who believe in accelerationism or whatever. But I truly think that uh, America will only accelerate towards barbarism as it has, and not necessarily socialism, without any kind of... Uh, Without people believing that, like, they have any any kind of autonomy in the workplace, any kind of means of collective bargaining in the workplace. Okay, so anyway, my point is, if you're angry, you're just, you're being silly right now. This is good. This is a good conversation. And on my part, again, I'm come from, I'm pretty, you know, ignorant. So this is good for me to kind of... I think you undersell yourself. I think, I think you are, more importantly than anyone else, ignorance is, is one thing, but you're very curious and you're charitable uh, when you want to learn things. And I think that that is truly important as opposed to being like, I've made up my mind. This is good. I mean, obviously, there's still hangups. Yeah. Uh, but that's always going to happen. It's, it's just, Thank you know, you. this kind of dogma is too powerful. It, everyone I mean, has their own journey. The fact that we have like over 30,000 people watching like a really, in, I mean, analytical kind of nu nuanced debate, debate about, about this. Yeah, socialism and, and social democracy is pretty Yeah, cool. I'm happy to see that. And like Hassan <laughs> said earlier, I mean, I, I think there's been a massive uh, sea change in this country in the last decade, largely thanks to Bernie Sanders. But I would even go further back and say like the Occupy stuff and the financial crisis is when it really started to creep into the consciousness. But uh, like, I can't imagine having this conversation when I was like a teenager, you know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Like it would be a non-starter in yeah. this country. And well, I, we're both radical, by the way, it's worth saying by- Yes, you sure. yourself yeah. in the eyes of the broader American Even public now, are- I would be considered radical by Compared to everybody. someone like myself, yeah. yes, people will go, oh, he seems reasonable, which I personally love. I think that that's a fucking great thing. I don't think Because the more that. insane good, I look, though. the more sane you look. <laughs> and in the short term, oh. what you're advocating for is unironically a good thing. Props. Which is why I also... You look crazy for once. I look sane for once. No, but like, but that's my point, is that that's why I also... Uh, We're working in the same... The that's same why I also common. try to engage in movement building in the other direction as well, whenever there's like... Because there's plenty of people who fucking hate me on uh, to the left of me who have like radical, you know, Maoist third worldist opinions or whatever the fuck. But I never give that any kind of light or any kind of attention or dunk on it because I feel like, yeah, they look crazy or whatever. Who gives a shit? 
ultimately, if they are working in their own way to erode the power that capital has, then you're good in my book. And that even extends to social Democrats to the right of me as well. So just to summarize my point before we move on, it's essentially this. I believe social democracy can address all the issues that socialism attempts to address and also offers a more realistic and a, a proposition for a, a, um, an organization of society. That's it. But let's move on. Um, it is a 12.20, I should just point out. I we don't know how going, much. Right? We've been going for about two this. hours here. If you need to bail, that's fine. But I have more, I have more questions. Okay, <clears throat> what do you have? I'm down to All right. keep talking. Can I just point this out real quick? You sent this a moment ago. Yeah, um, my dad we, got got. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> Every time. Every time. Every time. So time. One of my favorites. Yeah, to be fair, Perducatons has gotten me as well in the right. past. Yeah, he, like, <laughs> but like, this was, my parents, every time we do a clickbait title, they go, Dan left? AB <laughs> died? AB's dead? AB's dead? What? Yes. And in the role of a lifetime, Gary. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some, like, realistic, or not realistic, let's talk about some actual applications of, of socialism today, because I kind of want to understand it. So let's look at China. So I know China's done a lot of good for the massive amount of its populace. They uplifted them out of poverty. They gave them access to health and housing. And on the whole, the... Um, Improved literacy the, rates. Yeah, everything across Rapid the board. urbanization, rapid the, development. The, um, exactly. The, the quality of life of the average Chinese person is absolutely ca uh, cat cat catastrophically improved. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you tell me when I ask you, is Seems China... pretty radical for you to even admit that, in my opinion, but okay. Well, hold on. <laughs> I, I'm not, I've never denied that. Okay. But what well, I, my question is you, is China socialist or not? Because you always say China isn't a socialist country. I think China, if you ask them, is a transitional socialist state. Um, do, I, <laughs> do I think that it has certain socialist characteristics? Who Absolutely. would say that in China? What do you mean? You said if you ask them. The CCP, the government, that. the CCP. Oh, okay. That's like that's, that's like their, their main thing. thing. Is that this is like they say we're socialism with Chinese characteristics. We are a transitional socialist state. Every okay. communist party will always say that they are uh, trying to implement a transitional socialist state. Obviously, that socialism has to be adjusted to the material conditions and the needs that the people have. Uh, so socialism. Well, so, can be uh, last week you were telling me China isn't a socialist country. So I was asked. I was curious what you meant by that. It's not socialism in the sense that like there is collective ownership over the means of production across the board. It's uh, it's state ownership that benefits the interests of the citizens, as you've also uh, admitted or recognized. I'm not. It's not an admission. I, yeah, I recognize. Well, it's that. an admission if you're living in the Western world, because in the Western world, it's everybody undeniable. It's just a fact. Yeah, but people will use. Here comes the. Well, I'm not one of those people. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> you know. You know what I mean? Okay. So, so, well, okay. Do you so want, here, do you here's want what I'll say about Taiwan. Here's, here's uh, what I'll statements? Hold on, we'll get to Before that. Before we get to okay. Here's what I'll say about China. China's economy was extremely stagnant for a long time, mm -hmm. and even if you compare it to Taiwan, who separated from them in about 1950s. If you compare... Well, more to that separation, I think. Sorry? There's a little bit more to that separation, I think. Well, I'll, we'll get into more depth than that. But my point is, around the uh, 1970s, 1980s, is when China's economy started to boom. Yes. And the reason for that boom was because they started to open up their economy and lean into more capitalistic 
notions. They and from, they got and an influx re- of foreign capital. And, yes, uh, and that is when the average quality of life of the average Chinese person was vastly improved. So here, and before that, the Chinese economy was extremely stagnant, and the quality of life was not good. Yeah. So here's how that works, right? Um, there is plenty <coughs> of trade that occurs with other countries as well that do not have a, a, a mandate of, of trying to do even development, right? Let's not use the word socialism here. Let's just say uh, urbanization, even development, like uplifting. Chinese people will say Chinese prosperity, right? Um, plenty of other countries that get foreign capital do not necessarily develop in that, uh, in that direction in the same way that China did. The reason why China was able to do so is not necessarily because foreign capital came into the country. It was because of what they did with said foreign capital. If China had developed in a similar structure with like, you know, Western backed kleptocrats that control it like an oligarchy in the same way of the of the democratized market and the dissolution of the USSR did, then China would objectively be in a similar situation to Russia and the Russian economy in general. Um, Russia made all of its, or the USSR made all of its, uh, uh, of its collectivization in that time frame, in a very short time frame, without 400 years of like slavery and, and, uh, uh, and, and all of the many benefits that that gave to the Western world and, and went from fucking potato farmers to, uh, people that beat, uh, the United States, uh, to the space, to be the first person to go to space. Yuri Gagarin shouts out. Uh, similar structure existed and similar thing happened in China as well after foreign capital came in. But it wasn't necessarily because uh, foreign capital came in. It was what they did with that foreign capital. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So in that situation, because money is just money, right? If there was like, uh, I don't know, if we well, lived the, in a very money, different what world. Was the money for? It was for cheap labor. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And so in a sense, they're serving capitalism. They're taking the money. It was they're a serving yes, it, capitalism. The, the dingus gambit is that uh, the utilize dingus gambit. It, it's just like <laughs> utilizing the the. Uh, Dang was the leader. The that interests. Did the of, oh, that was his name, Dingus. No, Dang. 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 Dingus. <laughs> um, uh, is that uh, you can take advantage of uh, Western society has uh, has has this uh, division of power where uh, there's a there's an imbalance there where capital owners and their their capital interests are uh, better represented by their bourgeois government so they will if we offer them you know cheap manufacturing and then take their ip uh and and start slowly but surely developing our country through uh through rapid urbanization like taking all that foreign capital and like building roads uh building hospitals building trains and and whatnot uh, we will be able to inevitably improve our material but conditions in as a collective. So, in doing so, mm-hmm. they've also entrenched themselves in a capitalistic model, I think. And not totally, right? But to an extent. And I think to that extent, it was a great benefit to them to operate in that middle ground. And I'll say this. Since that's happened, uh, you know, that's when you started seeing all these Chinese billionaires, which is not a good thing, I'm saying. But like you, but but, but but it's global capitalism. That's that's the that's the inevitability. It's impossible to escape global capitalism under a global capitalistic structure, (coughs) unless you are forced to exist or operate outside of those boundaries in the form of like Cuba, for example. Well, we both agree on a realistic uh, approach, so in that sense, we agree that that's why I believe social democracy is the way. But you know, AB wrote something. If you want to read it, oh yeah, uh, we were saying. 
about how the CCP. Um, oh, you! I didn't see the second part. Since established in 1921, CCP has proclaimed itself to be a Marxist-Leninist party and has consistently referred to its system as socialism with Chinese characteristics. In essence, CCP views itself as overseeing a transitional socialist state, working towards the eventual realization of communism. Because communism is a bit different. It's not like when you have like a strong central leader. No, communism no. is when, when after a successful uh, stage of development in a transitional socialist state wh uh, where the, the, um, the scarcity problem has been solved and, uh, and, and there is no interest in like uh, capital accumulation and the state eventually withers away. Uh, yielding a borderless, moneyless, stateless society. It's the Star Trek future you were talking about Trek, earlier. Yeah, yeah I'm sure but not China as well. Entirely, because there's definitely Critics no often point to the Trek, gap but... between the party's rhetoric and the realities of it, noting the prominence of capitalistic practices, the wealth gap, and the, and the absence of political freedoms as challenges to their characterization as a transitional socialist yeah. state. But isn't that just like, okay, but we kind of agree on that. So let me ask you this. Um, one of the reasons that China is able to govern so effectively, and we agree, they get shit done fast. Yeah. And that's how part of, again, how their economic growth was so, um, so quick and strong. Yeah. They can act. They don't have to be bogged down by Congress and shit. Can I, can I cut in here really quickly? That's a dangerous prospect that capitalist countries are also uh, reckoning with, for the record. And under a capitalist country, if they want to continue con uh, consistently competing with China, for example, one of the things that the EU did recently was uh, talk about the government-backed subsidies in, in the form of EVs and how Chinese development is impossible to compete with because they're offering insane subsidies that offer Chinese EVs and, and is like basically uh, destroying the EV marketplace for European car manufacturers. So they want to create an investigative team and and stop that from happening somehow or possibly even implement tariffs by now, the way that in and of itself makes the chinese centralized planning structure significantly better than capitalist ones in the form of global trade that will create in my opinion a very scary future for western liberal democracies where how do you implement that kind of central planning which already exists but how do you make it worse fascism okay and that's, well, that's what I'm uh, genuinely afraid of. Well, I mean, Barbarism. China's not that far off from it in its current state. What do you mean? With like, I mean, they have basically a, a all-powerful leader. Everything's owned by the government. The only difference is they're not at war, basically. That's the only missing factor. No. They are building their military. Yeah. And threatening countries like Taiwan. They're, so they're pretty close to fascism right now. I would they're say. they're building their military uh, government but rules what culture, done, but what they've done business. with that military is very different than what uh, the American military. Is okay, like. whatever. I mean, they, they, don't have, they, they have a large military, and they're threatening. It's always a hypothetical. It, I'm and just it's the saying, same with, China's not that far from fascism. It's the same with. It's like if right China's there. China's not that far from fascism. America is literally 10x the Nazi Germany fascism, though. I disagree. China's closer. Because they have what? the they have you the said one they built a military, but they haven't even that's fucking not the used only thing it. I said. They have a government control of business, manufacturing, okay. of social life, of the press. Okay. Okay. They have one strong. These are leader. authoritarian. Uh, yes, these are authoritarian constructs for sure. And then, but fascism the only thing has missing a... from that is basically a, they have they have a national they have strong nationalism. I agree with that. And they yes. have a and the only difference basically now to go full fascist is if they were uh, invading countries, which I, they're threatening to do yes. right now.
So on the on that same metric, you realize that the only difference in America is the <coughs> is the simple feeling that you are free and that you have all manner of different freedoms. Whereas we like, have free, we do have freedoms of expression. We have freedom to say, we have yeah, freedom of I agree. Religion. We have yes. freedom of assembly. Those are big deals. But I know material, you don't think you you don't want to. No, those, no, no. Those this are, is a huge deal. Big deals. Of yeah. course, it's a. Okay. Of course, Sorry, it's something I, I don't want to put words in your. No, of course, it's something I back. willingly recognize. Yeah, which is why I say, back. like, I'm not living in fucking China but right now. It's I not like there's. It, I don't it's not like it's there aren't tier one cities to say. Well, oh, America is. Yeah. And I'm not being an American simp. I'm just saying that the you idea that up like, American fascism, like China's China fascism, is better. Than okay. American here's fascism. the here's the difference because fascism, okay, fascism is supposed to be a a means of control. With a with a oftentimes capitalist uh, understanding of the economy to and effectively to organize the economy Capital and continue organizing the economy. Capitalism doesn't have a lot to do with fascism. I don't think capitalism has everything to do with fascism. I mean, capitalism. You're, you're striking on one of the biggest uh, political philosophy debates of the 20th century. Capital fascism okay, so, is, is restoring <laughs> right. order by by. I don't, you think, know, yeah, whipping the, the fucking masses. A lot of people define when, fascism that, as capitalism in crisis. Yes. And so, so I think about it more about like, um, yeah, maybe it's maybe it's like capitalism gone fucking totally gone off, off the, rails. the rails. Maybe, yeah. Because yeah, fascism. No ethical, if fascism no had nothing to do with hangout. capitalism, then all of these supposedly they, populist the, leaders like Hitler and Mussolini, war. who yeah, started true. off as like supposedly "quote unquote" socialists, or even like you know uh, interested in, in in higher levels of socialization, would not have worked alongside capital owners and they, destroyed trade unions and communists okay. in general. Those were the first people that they fucking butchered. Okay, fine. I don't care about uh, capitalism. I mean, I'm a social democrat, so. Or in terms of like how uh, fast I just saying I, mean, I don't think about social democrats I, in Germany. There's I don't also think, contention there, but I don't think Chinese fascism is better or worse Chinese than American fascism. fascism. Why, why is that funny? <laughs> because I don't think that I, I do not think that China is fascist. I think that they are closer, authoritarian. Close. I don't think China is closer to fascism than America. I mean, not because it, yeah, because the hypothetical the because the most significant right? part, but like the most significant I, part I, that I, you're mentioning is like. Oh, they're building their military, and they don't have freedom of assembly press. or freedom of speech. Well, they, they they control the culture. Yes, this part they this part is correct. The manufacturing nationalism is the best part that you can actually they, identify they are in the in uh, the problems with China. You can absolutely push that. I don't see where push I'm that missing. part where it is it is nationalistic. Okay, however, uh, the 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 Chinese <laughs> development and and Chinese military action is either irredentist in nature, which is different than imperialist, where it's like, it's more so uh, expansive in its own limited area, rather than global imperialism, which is China's done with the express effort land. with the... Tibet, Taiwan, they're always <laughs> okay. expanding. Well, now, if we're going to talk about Tibet, if we're going to talk about Tibet and Taiwan... you think it's you want me like, to, okay, because it's their territory, seems do you want me to, do you want, No, 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 no. Do you want me to describe Not, it? I don't want to get into the Taiwan thing, because I don't want to get to... say Tibet and Taiwan, and then not expect me to, 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 to <sighs> explain the nuance. I'm not ready for this tangent. Because, okay, Ethan, but like... Go Tibet ahead, go is, ahead. Tibet was literally a fucking feudal uh, slave uh, mandate, uh, uh, in, like... So Autonomous China was, zone. So China, China did them a favor. That was one. I mean, in America, when I say something like this, people get very upset. You know, we, we talk about the Dalai Lama saying "suck my tongue" or whatever, but like that's not far from the norm in fucking normal Tibetan so, existence before the Communist Party came in and and so China took over. unilaterally 
took over Tibet, like wealth are, their culture. They basically are trying to, you know, homogenize the culture. If your culture, they're it, trying to squell the religion and the, the part, identity. The part of the part and of the warlords favor. and slavery abolishing that. Yes, I do think that that is good. No, China did them a favor. I think that yes, that I will be on the record. Just to like say America did it. That nah, while the Chinese government, wait, I'm not going to say it. Well, there is no there is no equivalent in American intervention that you can point to in a similar capacity unless you're talking about Okay, so ta- and I think this is a good uh, this is a good way to describe Taiwan as well, <laughs> the American federal government going into the fucking south and killing, unfortunately not all of them, but a decent amount of slavers <laughs> and defenders of slavery. This is violent retribution from a powerful oh. federal government that was that squashed thing? that squashed Okay. Tibet is the South in the Civil War. Yes. Tibet in the in the time frame where Chinese intervention happened would be the South. Yes, so they were doing the, slavery. What was the they moral were aspect of the war of of China? The interests uh, are are obviously like national security or whatever the fuck they uh, claim. The but same. but ultimately the reality was uh, that beyond the the uh, material benefits, that yes, they were a feudal, oppressive, uh, uh, slavery-backed uh, state, uh, autonomous region. Mm-hmm. So, Just like, just like um, Russia's denazifying Ukraine. No, I don't agree with that, for the record. I don't think that Russia is denazifying Ukraine. If anything, they will end up nazifying Ukraine in the long run. Mm-hmm. If you want to point to a modern uh, country that you could probably fairly characterize as fascist, I would point to Russia before I point I agree, to China. 100%. I think that Russia is a significantly better example of a of a fascist nation state, yeah. given its uh, modern Russia, contemporary Russia being a capitalist nation state built by oligarchs like that were aspect. anti-Soviet and anti-communist that uh, made deals with Western bankers and, and Westerners originally uh, <laughs> leading up to the dissolution of the USSR so they could literally pick apart the entire country, Vladimir Putin being another primary example of this. Okay, good. They're fascists. I would agree that Russia's interests are significantly more fascist than the outcomes are because their interests do not lie around improving their productive forces or or the abolition of like uh, like what Russia is doing in Ukraine is no different than what America has done in Iraq. Like, oh, we're bringing democracy like they're not denazifying Ukraine. It's fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. Whereas I will not say the same thing about like uh, well, Tibet. Well, like, no, I'm not saying I think it would be a disservice. Other. I think it'd be a disservice all, to Ukraine to make a comparison not, between like modern Ukraine I'm just and that feudal there's a, there's Tibet. A, you can create a pretense to take any anything you want, you know. Yeah, but there, are, but there but, are also. But you agree, like for example, the the federal government uh, in the Civil War did the right thing, right? It was very violent, but if they did the right thing, yeah. Would you agree with that? Yes. Okay, good. So let's talk about Taiwan then, because Taiwan in its formation is uh, created by the KMT uh, that, uh, or KMT General uh, Cheng Hai-shek. I'm butchering the, his name. I think that was close. <laughs> but uh, I think it's the closest I can get to that. And it's for, in its formation, it was a military dictatorship that was fascist, openly fascist, openly nationalist. And there was no surprise there that uh, the American government was backing them, right? Mm-hmm. In its entire inception. I, I, Taiwan admit, now is very about, different than that. Yeah, I don't know a lot but, about But it. this is very important but in the Taiwan context now, of like talking about Taiwan. So should they be invaded for how they were Absolutely founded? not. Right. Absolutely not. Because, hey, guess what? Everybody was when America When America down. builds you up to be a nation as a counterba- uh, counterbalance or, a, uh, or a, as, a, as a 
the real uh, China as we did originally. That's why we were in support of Taiwan, because they were nationalist, fascist, military dictatorship that was brutal, uh, comprised of dudes that got owned by fucking Mao mm. uh, overall, right? But at a time losers. when, and, and, and at a time when, um, yeah, 100%. At a time, and they were butthurt losers that believed that, like, Mongolia is also a part of Republic of China. They have more expansive desires, more expansive territorial they desires than Mongolia. Than that, well, they, they can't invade? do anything. Well, their, yeah. their military, well, according cares? to American generals' assessments, was fucking dog right. shit. <laughs> I think Taiwan's a better example than so. But so Taiwan. <coughs> but wait, I'm not ready. But Taiwan in its inception, this tangent is out of control. <laughs> wait, but but like you're you're you want me to? Dis- we'll go back to it. These things don't happen overnight. If you assume that it's like a war between good and bad, or that it happened overnight, it materialized out of nothing, then yes, it is, that is infinitely more susceptible to Western framing to be like, these are the good guys, these are the bad guys, they want to do this thing, and then you make comparisons to like reasonable wars or whatever, and then all of a sudden, we are not factoring in the understandable, whether I agree with it or not, doesn't matter, the understandable desires of national security from the Chinese nation state that is is in an openly contentious, yet still very favorable trade relationship with the Western world, why the fuck would they want a American military base in a nation state that was developed by America, originally a fascist, nationalistic, uh, brutal military dictatorship, why would they want that to be an American base one mile off their fucking coastline? Okay, you're right. They so sh- that no. is precisely Fine. the reason... I'll, 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 so that's precisely that, the reason yeah. why... The the uh, people of Taiwan who recognize that reality, while they yearn for independence, they recognize that reality that it will never happen as long as China has a military or a powerful economy, and and as long as America has a legitimate interest in Taiwan being an American uh, base of of uh, support to inevitably control China, dominate China in some ways. Okay, hold on. Let me go back because we did like the monster tangent here. Okay. I was saying one of the reasons China is so effective is because of their one-party state. Um, you know, without opposition, they're able to move fast and effectively. So, do you think this is a good model? Um, do you think the one-party state is a good model? Because the outcome of that one-party state is also massive human rights violations across the board. I mean, I don't think that... Uh I think that America is a one-party state. I don't care about America. No, but it's important to understand because, like, the one-party state is an inevitability under any kind of formation of the government. The government is going to yield results that are either positive for the people or negative for the people. Even if it's marginal, there is still a difference. Even if it's marginal, there's still a difference. For example, abortion, which I consider a human right. It's it's marginal. I agree with you on that. I think that it... it But I don't want to talk about America. I want to talk about China. Well, the reason why we're talking about America is to put it into a framework that is understandable. Like, that, that's the only reason why I always bring up, people always say, Hassan, your only assessment on the situation is America bad. It's significantly more nuanced than that. The reason why I always go back to America is to help Americans or yeah, Westerners under- understand, understand uh, Chinese governance. And I understand how it's what you're not saying. All that different. They, you say they don't just pretend to have two parties. Yeah. Now, now I disagree with that. I don't think it's like super, super wrong. I think there are marginal differences in the parties. And I do think there's space potentially, although it's super unlikely, it's happened in American history for a third party. It's probably never going to happen again, but it has happened before. Yeah, the Civil War. 
And so, but like the, the consequence the greatest, of the, the greatest material differences. Uh, okay, but the greatest material differences were ever right, represented in American history was during the Civil War. I take and, back the. La, 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 la. Okay. <laughs> the greatest material differences, like genuine material differences in the form of how to produce cheap commodities like cotton, okay? Well, in, in uh, the northern states, uh, they backed the abolition of slavery. Southern states didn't. That was a major point of contention. That was probably one of the last times where there was like a real and significant difference in an agreement, I guess, a difference in opinion that led to a very violent uh, conquest of the South that wanted to secede and was forced to not. Um. The one-party system in China does result in a lot of human rights violations. Does the does the ends justify the means in that case? The, I don't think the so. Control. I don't think it does. Okay. I think that in in Cuba, which also has a certain restrictions on civil liberties, for example, uh, there is uh, there is a better argument to be made that the ends justify the means in Cuba mm -hmm. because you know Cuba is an island that has been under embargo and uh, since its inception, since the Cuban Revolution. After we, you know, we backed Batista and wanted to make sure that ensure that Cuba was still a tourism destination and sugar plantations with slavery uh, and then lost. We immediately said, OK, fuck this shit, Cuba. You, we are going to do everything in our power to stop you from developing in that situation, because it's a tiny island nation that is in the ash cheeks of the largest imperialist superpower on the planet. It's understandable to have certain uh, it's understandable to have certain restrictions on civil liberties whereas or not and by the way ironically cuba is like way better on abortion gay rights and whatnot which we can get into if you want no. but that's a that's a consequence of direct democracy even though cuba is a one-party state as well <laughs> okay like i mean there's plenty of cute i know plenty of i'm not and again i'm not super familiar with that the politics so i i don't even want to speak on it necessarily just because i don't know a lot i do know that a lot of cubans that i've met fucking hate the cuban government yeah because they're in america they're not like rich. They're like no, no. It doesn't matter. They're, well, that, they're okay. So they're like they're, they don't have to be rich. They're but they're in America, which no, means I, I, admittedly, I don't know. I don't know. Like they had a disagreement in the lightest terms. They either were forced to uh, to run away or literally had in the lightest terms a disagreement with the Cuban government. Mm -hmm. So of course they are uh, not going to be fond of of okay. the current Cuban so uh, but government. Isn't there? When you're looking at a country like China, who's able to act so efficiently, and if you're looking for some democratization or like some equality of outcome in terms of income for the lowest people, it seems like a, a, a potential and almost like inevitable outcome is some of the stuff that you see in China, like um, one cultural identity, one religion or non-religion, like this need to be homogenous so that people are compliant and yes. they live that way. This is state development now, 101. The, every now, every nation that, state does so the some reason, form of this. The reason that that has happened mm -hmm. in China is why all these mass human rights violations are able to exist. Like re-educating people, mass detention for people who are religious. You know what I mean? Um, forced labor camps. They fucking, and I know you deny that they organ, they are organ harvesting, but I do believe that they do do that, or did do that. Maybe they stopped. Organ harvesting, yeah. organ harvesting did happen in China. Yeah. What you're talking about is like Falun Gong propaganda, which is that, no, like, not. they have a, 
No, well, there's two different types. What we're talking about is like, yeah, were there criminal components and and certainly it was state people sponsored organ? No, I don't know yes, if the, if it was state sponsored organ. The evidence suggests well, that it was the state actually. Watch out! Oh, she's right behind you. Sorry. It's okay. Um, if it was state sponsored, the state would not have cracked <laughs> down on it inevitably. <laughs> well, they did. Which, they realize how bad it looks. It was the evidence that they, I've seen. But if is they're authoritarian, the why would they care about how bad it looks? You said that they no, have labor they care, camps. China doesn't care about appearance. Well, they do too. But if they're authoritarian, they why would they care? Well, I mean, it, it, they have labor camps, well, they, you said, which is, by the way, ironic because America still has a much higher prisoner density than any other nation on the planet, and slavery is not abolished in America. We can criticize the America Amendment all is slavery. we want, man. Well, my point is, yes, it's wrong in China as well, but it's of course it's wrong in China as well. Okay, forget is, about forget about that. I mean, like, what about the? But what about, for example, now the, you're doing what about us? By the way, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm okay. gonna tell you why. I'm specifically. Let's use this, and now this example because it's the best one. The the Uyghur. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know how to say their name. Detention camps where they re-educated and eliminated their mm -hmm. cultural identity and religion. Yes. And also, frankly, as a, it's almost impossible to do that and not like think of them as others, where they also, you know. Uh, are under horrible, horrible, uh, horrible human mass rights. surveillance, yeah. even including like certain uh, representatives living with people and, and families. Like some of this is like people will say, "Oh, this is Adrian Zen's propaganda," and some of it is very real, one hundred percent. Don't there you was think mass it's Chinese propaganda to be like it wasn't as bad? I'm not saying it wasn't as bad. Okay, good, because I thought but, maybe but, you said but that. But hold was. on, no, I think that my analysis on on the matter is is fairly nuanced but still incredibly critical of the chinese state i have never said that mass surveillance mass imprisonment even execution in certain instances so this is and china's outcome. development this is the outcome and china, of their homogenous socialist society the reason that the chinese nation state claims they did this and xi jinping famously even i forget when he said this this was a while back but basically said something along the lines of like we learned how to deal with uh we learned how to deal with uh, with uh, Islamic terror from the American nation state. Okay. Uh, and and that is why we had to deal with the Uyghurs. I don't agree with what they did. I think that it's fucking bullshit. But do you think it's necessary to maintain their socialist homogeny? It's not a socialist homogeny. Now we're talking about cultural homogeny, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah, but it's all, yeah, but it's all it's connected. The, the, the separatist movement uh, within uh, Xinjiang and and some of the aspects of that did include uh you know uh, uh knife attacks and and the like they don't have a lot of guns in china luckily mm -hmm. um the this like uh the criminal component of that uh should have been dealt with on an individual basis rather than dragnets and collective punishment for the entirety of xinjiang which is what china did and re-education camps and mass surveillance, which exists still to this day. Xinjiang or any kind of separatist movement in Xinjiang has now been absolutely squashed, <laughs> destroyed, eviscerated. And, and uh, not only have they done that, but also on top of that, they've basically softened, like you said, or uh, I guess the term that Westerners use is honified Xinjiang uh, and, and have now and now use their like... Uh, uh, their their cultural output as like an export even like you could just go to Xinjiang and see uh, how how wonderful everything is that kind of thing. Um, oh here oh you found it god damn that's so funny. Mr. Xi urged the party to emulate aspects of America's war on terror after the September 11th attacks from documents <laughs> leaked in 2019. 
Just to just to frame this for people that aren't familiar with the history, the the, the crackdowns over there were a result of a rise in terrorism in that region. There were bombings and stuff going on. And so all of those camps and, and the re-education, all of that was a response. It was essentially a crackdown. And yes. But and, it was a completely, for the record, completely unjustifiable, I mean, way over Israel's the top, yeah, the, uh, fucking dragnet. Yes, I... Right, exactly. Yeah. Or, or what the United States did in Afghanistan after September 11th. I mean, we, we or Iraq. rocked that country for 20 years as a result America. of a Y'all terrorist think I'm attack. defending America or something. That's really Weird. funny you should say that, because that is the automatic position of people in the West, though, is that, like, whenever I make a comparison to America, like, if I compare Russia to America, people think I'm doing that to defend Russia, and it's like, no, that is the worst comparison I can make for a country's <laughs> actions because my opinion on American, uh, uh, the American superpower is, is that it is incredibly bloody and incredibly unjust. But the reason why people immediately go uh, and say, what the fuck, why are you uh, bringing up America in this situation is because they inherently, without recognizing it, will defend American foreign policy because they are under the understanding. I, I agree most people would that, do that. Yeah. But so my, my ultimately my question is, do you believe that this um, cultural homogeny is is uh, required in a socialist or communist society? Yes, like I think that? that some form of positive uh, social cohesion needs to occur if you are going to build a nation state. And this happens in public education. I'm, uh, I think that public education is very valuable, and I'm 100% in agreement. If it's being done in a more positive, in a more positive way through public education, then it's great. Right, but if not like not like, like erasing negative, their ethnic identity. Yeah, if they're doing it in a negative way in that situation, where like education moves way? to re-education, a positive a, a positive component would be something that we unfortunately do not have in America either. Would be to uh, to 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 have. Uh, regions that that still have their own uh, ethnic identities preserved through their own board of education and and uh, are allowed to exist. This is a major problem with the USSR as well. This happened in the USSR where there was a Russification of all the the nation states that were under the banner of the USSR, yeah. which ended up creating a fuck ton of division uh, and and also. Uh, a, a uh, uh, like suppression of religious freedom. Religion is something that is so personal and so important but for, isn't, for isn't human beings Mark's and their theory, identity. Isn't Marx's theory around like we have to get rid of a, a religion? Um, that's no. I mean, communism? he the the I no. And also, is I don't not? even care what I don't even care what Marx's own personal perspective on religion is ultimately because I'm saying I'm looking at real implementations of socialism throughout historical. Uh, materialist socialist nation states so you don't believe and I'm saying that that's required. bad and wrong it is demonstrably bad it was bad in Afghanistan it was bad in the USSR and it's certainly bad when China does the same exact shit so you're saying yes it's required but nothing different than what you see uh, in, in countries today that's that's considered yes. good by yes people. allowing people to have a national identity own, allowing people to have a national identity while simultaneously reinforcing their their uh, you know ethnic difference or uh, their diversity of culture is absolutely a necessity for nation-state development if you want this nation-state to succeed. And okay, I'm giving you. an example of why it didn't work in, I got uh, you. in, in the USSR. By the way, I would urge you to look more into the organ harvesting thing because I do believe that that did happen by the state. They were harvesting the 
the Muslims' organs, man. Like the wait time on the on the um. On the, You're saying in modern China? No, the, not modern China. I don't think. Well, it was modern China. It wasn't that long ago? But I don't think they're doing you're it. You're saying the state was harvesting the organs of of Muslims? Yeah, who were in that detention camp to to uh, give to their citizens. That dude, the wait time for organ tra- here. Listen to this. One of the most cited pieces of evidence is the rapid growth of China's organ transplant industry in the early 2000s, with much shorter waiting time for organs than other countries. Chinese government has attributed this to the use of organs from executed prisoners, but the critics argue that those numbers do not match up. The prisoners of conscience, uh, yeah, so. These crackdowns literally came. I'm sorry, if it was in the early 2000s, it would have been before the crackdown in... On the Uyghurs. I, I don't know when did that. So it happen? sounds like it was just the general That's what I prison was population. To say. There was not... a criminal component. I'm not saying that well, organ hold on. harvesting when did, did that not happen. happen. Organ harvesting certainly happened. There was a black market for organs, 100%, not just for Chinese citizens, mind you. That is like literally massaging the narrative to fit uh, the, the, uh, like the, the, the Uyghurs being harvested for organs. I like because it. Respect well, that's oh. Uyghur is how you're. I'm, I'm, they're they're you know Turkish. About so, yeah. They're fucking Turkic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's called East Turkestan. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's not like my, my, the other side of my family, my mother's side is literally, their last name is Uyghur. So this is not like huh. random individuals that I, uh, like, I have no affinity towards that I'm saying, like, the Chinese nation state should oppressively fucking crush I'm just them. saying. It's, so it's should. always additionally funny when some fucking dumb fuck from Iowa is trying to tell me about fucking Muslim oppression. Why don't you care about Muslim oppression in John? It's like, what the fuck are you saying? Anyway, sorry, I get very heated about this. Because, like, people are so merciless. <laughs> Just like people are merciless with you when they say you're a fucking tyrant or you're a capitalist pig dog or whatever the fuck. People are infinitely more merciless when you deviate from the foreign policy norms that have been mandated by uh, Americans through our mainstream media. Okay, so in short, I think I got my answer on that, which is, you know, the China Tribunal. Eh, okay, whatever. I want to move on to Taiwan. So last time uh, we were talking. I just want to point out it's one o'clock. We're pretty far we're over already. The end. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's fine. We can, we can, I, okay. I, I just, think this is just very valuable you know and the, very okay. good. So I'm perfectly fine talking about this. Okay, great, great. Love that. So last time we were talking about Taiwan, you had mentioned one country, two systems. What did you mean by that? Because I didn't um, know anything about that when you when you said it, but I've read so, about it. So, so since the Nixon era of normalizing relations with uh, China, America's understanding of China has been that it is one over-encompassing nation, and that uh, Ch- Taiwan, uh, which certainly does want an independence movement or has a as a robust independence movement, is simply Chinese Taipei. The American understanding and the global understanding is the same, that there is a different autonomous organization inside of Taiwan, an autonomous government inside of Taiwan, but it's still under the Chinese umbrella. My opinion on the matter does not deviate away from the American foreign policy on the matter. And the reason for that is because it also does not deviate away from the Taiwanese, the collective Taiwanese understanding on the matter, which is that if there's two different forces here at play. Taiwan independence is not something that even Anthony Blinken or the American state backs. Why? Because it would be incredibly disruptive to to uh, our, our largest Taiwan want. trade partner. Great. The people of Taiwan want independence yeah. in the future, possibly in the future. Mm-hmm. The reason why they take that position, well, if you were to ask them without any sort of Chinese influence, like without any sort of like mainland China influence, would you want independence tomorrow? They would say, yes, that is the majority opinion. So, well, what they say is that we already have the independence. 
They China say we already had China has no influence over Taiwanese economy or government. And yes, it, and yet, but and yes, and yet, from a global perspective, they are still considered to be Chinese Taipei. Right, because people doesn't want to rock the boat. Exactly, but the Taiwanese people and that is my perspective as well. We are already independent. So, but okay. you believe that this is China's state. So then one there's country, no. So system. then there's no additional need for state intervention from Western forces. Then. Well, but China is is you know, China is what it is. Um, being a, a, a provocative. What what are they towards doing? Towards the Taiwanese. What are they doing that you would consider to be provocative towards the Taiwanese? I mean, they have military station around. They're making they're doing war games and shit Do like you, that. You know where Taiwan is in proximity to mainland China, right? It's one mile off their coastline. Okay. So whenever people well, say Ameri uh, China is obvious, though, what's China the, is violating their listen, airspace? We know what we, China says it. China, the government even says it that we're gonna fucking take Taiwan if y'all don't play ball. Yes, so because, we don't need to pretend like they're not doing China. It. No matter if I agree with this or not, right? Because I want I want autonomy for uh, uh, the people of Taiwan. I want them to do whatever the fuck they want, self governance, right? So I understand that. And I also simultaneously understand, one, the history of the, the, the Taiwanese nation state being propped up mm -hmm. and, and why it was propped up. And more importantly than that, I understand that the Chinese government, which is a different government than ours, right? They are human beings over there that have their own concerns, is not going to want a fucking American military base one mile off of their coastline. Mm -hmm. That is a perfectly reasonable thing to never want. And given the historical reasons as to how Taiwan has has been created as a separate nation state with its own expansionist interest in the Republic of China, the entire mainland China, including Mongolia, uh, it, that's like its founding mandate, that uh, it is understandable for China to not want that to happen, which is why they constantly counter American saber rattling with their own version of saber rattling. This does not mean that the Chinese state is nice. This does not mean that the Chinese state is is uh, genuine or wants to implement communism in Taiwan. in Taiwan. What? 30 US troops are stationed in Taiwan. There's no way you think that that is I mean, the I don't only know material what, I don't know what you that America read. is offering Taiwan. 30 US Taiwan's troops. entire standing army would not exist without US support since its inception. Okay, but there, America. You say, you say America has a military base there as one of the, and no, that would be a no, good no, 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 no. But I don't. No, no, I, they I'm don't saying have I don't want it base. to turn. I do not want further <laughs> conflict. The people of Taiwan do not want further conflict, which is why the overarching uh, assessment is like we're independent. We want to maintain independence. We want to be fully independent, but we don't want to rock the boat. But it seems like if China was to in, just invade Taiwan and like, look, we're over it. We're it would be devastating. It would be awful for Taiwan. It would be awful for China. It would be horrifyingly bad. Mm -hmm. It would be it would be disastrous. Mm -hmm. We are in agreement right there, right? Yeah, like, of okay, so we both want no yeah, further nightmare. bloodshed to happen. And that's what the people of Taiwan also but, but say sense, they want as well. You also kind of see where China's coming from. I absolutely understand why China would feel like this is a major issue with their national security concerns. The, the example I will give you is this. Let's say, just like England and, and uh, France tried to do during the Civil War because they had material interest in the cotton trade uh, continuing with uh, chattel slavery. Let's say they offered material support to the southern states that wanted to secede, right, in order to continue slavery, okay? 
And they were actually successful to a certain degree because third parties like Imperial Japan were also invading uh, mainland America, okay, mm -hmm. in this process. So the Civil War ended in a way where chattel slavery continued in the South and every abolitionist was executed and they called it, instead of white terror, let's say they called it black terror, okay? They executed mercilessly and ruthlessly any abolitionist that lived in the South. And then after years and years of this fascist white supremacist implementation, hyper-nationalist implementation, the southern states that had successfully seceded, okay, kept building a robust military apparatus through surplus military supplies and, and weapon systems that other countries that were foreign adversaries to the United States of America started giving them even more and more of this. And, and then... And, and also said, the real America is the South America. Southern states are the real America, and they will one day take over the rest of America. You're saying... And that they will inevitably, they will inevitably take over the rest of America, and that's going to be the real America. We're going to help them do that. And you're, then, you're saying Taiwan is comparable to the South seceding? Taiwan in its inception is identical to the South. How long after the South seceded did the war begin? What do you mean? How long before between the South seceding and the Civil War happening? I mean, there was there was, was a period, there was a there was a there was a period of time. No, 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 there was a period of time leading up to that where there were abolitionist movements that happened. That's why people say that John Brown's like execution. <laughs> but ta Taiwan was, was independent was like a, a lot pivotal longer. point. I mean, they they've been separate for a long time now. Yeah, From no, like I understand. Which is why I'm saying, like, imagine if the South was able to successfully secede. Yeah. Right. And and America and wanted almost, to take it back. Northern America wanted to No, Northern back. America is like, we're worried about our own shit. We can't fucking deal with South America right now, right? Like, Northern America, the, the you know, the, the Federation, let's say, okay, is now working on improving their own productive forces, doing trade deals and, and whatnot with the rest of the world, and they start rapidly urbanizing, rapidly developing, okay? And, you know, the New Deal only happens there or whatever the fuck. Meanwhile, the Southern states are entirely propped up by a foreign adversary, Okay, that is infinitely more powerful than Northern America. And and they kept they keep saying we're going to take over the entirety of America. It's one America. Okay. And okay, so, but because, so I think I, but because I, the northern because the northern states are able to improve their conditions, have favorable trade deals with the rest of the planet, they inevitably get to a point where they want to maintain their uh, hegemony. They want to maintain their security, their national security. Do you think it would be appropriate uh, do you think it would be appropriate to rock the boat, per se, and allow the South to continue developing and continue having a massive military and, and uh, inevitably, like, you I don't send know. I don't you know. send envoys like Nancy Pelosi to Southern American states yeah. to fucking say, hey, look, there's, they're democratic now. Like, yeah, sure, I, they were designed around slavery, but they're, they have a democracy now. And I think that it's, it's okay and appropriate to fucking uh, keep building their military, make it as robust as possible. By the possible. way, the South seceded just because we were talking about it. It was like three months between the war and the... But leading up, the build-up to that was yeah, significantly longer. Yeah. Okay, so I, I, I understand your position on Taiwan. I get that. I get all that, you know, from a... For a, from a uh, but, I, I don't... The but one living country, in, two living in California, is silly, but, though. But Hong living Kong in California, you personally it. understand it, right? Like, living in a blue state, you understand why that would be, like, genuinely... Uh, like, you would understand how... Blue states in America would have security concerns if, like, southern states had seceded successfully I agree. I and, agree. and kept saying, like, no, the rest of America is ours. Mm -hmm. After they fucking lost, too.
Well, I mean, <laughs> this was 70 years ago that Taiwan, that the yes, separation Taiwan happened. now is not a fucking fascist, uh, nationalist, military state. I don't think that how it was founded matters at all. 70 years is not significant in development? It's, of course it's... That's my point. No, it's, it's... What, what do you mean? I'm not... I, I don't think that you should be like, oh yeah, Taiwan was a bunch of losers that went and started their own country and like, uh, so they don't, not, they're not entitled to a national... To, to a national identity. I don't think that matters. 70 years is, is, is a blip in time in, in as far as like, as far as talking about a fucking empire or a history that spans over like- I don't care, but that doesn't matter, right? We're talking about human beings. Yeah, and now they're, now they are democratic, which is great. And I understand their uh, want in autonomy and not being uh, under uh, like some form of, of uh, crushing civil liberties that the Chinese but the, state will the bring. the one country, two systems isn't yeah. real. That's not a real thing. What do you mean? It's not a real thing. It's one country, one system. Like at Hong Kong. One, that's what they want to do. They say, they say, Taiwan, we'll do the one country, two systems. But that does, that's, that's propaganda. What do you, no, no, but that's the, that's the American policy, which they did with China. They have... Right. America said that they would not uh, support an independent Taiwan... And that Taiwan is a part of China. But internally, Taiwan still has autonomy, which is what is currently happening. And the Chinese state sees it as uh, a, a uh, autonomous region that is still <laughs> under the Chinese banner that <clears throat> ends up getting uh, military support from, you know, Western forces. Let's talk about Ukraine. And then that's my final one. Okay. So we were talking about Ukraine. And um, your, your position was that the support for Ukraine is 100% manufactured. No. That's what you said last time. No. I think that all, all matter of American foreign policy is greatly influenced by manufactured consent because of our interest in, uh, you know, doing whatever the fuck we want to do there. Whether it be like bringing Ukraine into the Western sphere of influence or, or uh, you know. It's not it's not genuine uh, it, because they want like genuine emancipation for Ukrainians. So so last time you guys compared it, you said, well, nobody gave a fuck about Georgia when that got invaded. Therefore, you know, the fact that anyone cares about Ukraine is feels like manufactured. It, it, it's not even just Georgia. But you guys know it's that. A... But you guys realize there's like a massive. Di I didn't know anything about the Georgian War. I learned about it. There's mm -hmm. a huge difference. You guys understand? Yeah, well, that. I mean, the scale is like, a five day war. Yeah, it was five yeah. They expected versus... Ukraine to drop in five days, and if it did, we probably wouldn't be talking about it. Because um, that's true. That's true. So, like that, the, what happened was Ukraine mounted this uh, miraculous defense, and they've got <laughs> Russia, a fascist country, uh -huh. on the back foot. And we all like when fascism. Gets I don't. The I don't hell. think Russia is on the back foot. I think it's just like extending I'll, the harm. Well, well, and and only furthering we conflict. We inflicted so much, and I, and I stand with the Ukrainian people because I pref I like I think Ukraine is a is a force for good in the world. They're they're on. Can I, can I, just, I think can I just stop you for a second? Because you said one hundred percent manufacturing consent. Like that's what you is, said. Nothing is genuine. I said one hundred percent manufacturing consent is a like leading role in this. If you want to amend, and the reason it, why no 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 fine. the reason why I take issue with this is because. It's like it's like stating like I don't give a fuck about Ukraine. Of course I give a fuck about people in Ukraine. Uh, I want the I want the war and the bloodshed, the unnecessary bloodshed to end. Okay, <laughs> my assessment on the situation might deviate from uh, you know NATO uh, like bloodthirsty NATO defenders you or whatever. Feel the fuck. like we shouldn't even be 
doing anything in Ukraine? No, I don't. Nothing. No, no, I don't. I think but you that don't we, think so. You no, think I think that of course there's a, a, a necessary intervention yeah. that that must happen. I'm oh, okay. not saying that at all. I mean, I've fucking raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for Ukrainian refugees. Like, I'm sorry, this is well, such a silly fucking thing that, like, not from you, uh, but I hear so much from dipshits online. Well, let's want to fucking well, cut propaganda. So you can say exactly suck my what you dick. Mean. Um, you know. So you do you do but, believe that America's actions in Ukraine are are the right ones? I think that America's actions to a certain degree in Ukraine is understandable. It's it's reasonable. Certainly, what the Ukrainian people want, but I think America's interest in Ukraine is not genuine. It's not genuine emancipation. It's more so a continuation of the bloodshed, well, which is demonstrated not by me, but by American politicians like Chris Murphy, who have openly said on the record that for 5% of our military budget, we've been able to cripple, cripple a foreign adversary's military budget without a single American service member dying in the process. I would say that that is profoundly successful. What are we doing in Ukraine? We're sending our refurbished old weapons and weapon systems to Ukraine. We have to replenish those weapon systems. It's a never-ending cycle. Of, okay, because of, there. Well, the reason I ask is because there seems to be a somewhat of a a sentiment in the left circles or or social. I don't know how to even describe it. Now. I don't know, but that that the the proxy war people say in Ukraine is unjustified. It is a proxy war. No, I know, but they're saying we shouldn't be supporting Ukraine and the whole thing. Yeah, I, I Russia can't, should just take Ukraine. And no, I can't that. speak for other. Uh, I can't speak for other leftists. I don't know what the fuck they say, but uh, plenty of those people also despise me and say that I'm like not pushing Z heard, or yeah. whatever. So it doesn't fucking. Matter. I heard. I thought I heard Richard Wolf have some kind of thing like that. I don't. I can't speak on Richard Wolf either. There's disagreements that I have with Richard Wolf. You had okay. Like, so you're da you're down with what's happening. Down. You're no, down with what's I'm happening. not down with what's happening in Ukraine because I want the bloodshed to end. And the only way to do that is by bringing China to the table, bringing America to the table. The, you think the real actors should, here. You think Ukraine should have, make some uh, secessions to Russia? I think the original six point plan uh, that was a continuation of the Minsk uh, Accords that were tried twice and failed twice um, would be a far preferable situation than like endless bloodshed over, you know, inches of territory where, uh, you know, people are being fucking slaughtered I don't endlessly. think the Ukrainians would describe it as inches of territory. Wait, what do you mean? Well, you're saying they're fighting over inches of territory. I don't He's just saying in the context of how stagnated the war has become. Like, the, the back and forth is pretty yeah. much ground to a halt at this point. And it's this just, is what it's I mean. It's like bad. a very cynical interpretation of what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. It is inches of territory physically when we, uh, when we speak about it. But you're... I guess a lot, I think Ukrainian people get angry when they hear you talk about it because they I, like, I that's understandable. I mean, they I feel get it. like you're, you're, they want full throated support. They, they want and expect more. full, yeah, they, full throated support, right? Like, they understandably just, want that. And yeah. they want more than that. They also wanted article five. They wanted full NATO protections and NATO nations. They don't, they don't like that you say that they should secede territory to a fascist invader. It's not even secession of territory. It's like prior agreements that neither party has held on to. The real Ukrainian criticism in this situation comes from people who say, well, Hassan, how can you say that when Russia has not held on to their obligations? And that is true. Russia has not held on to their side of the bargain on the Minsk Accords, but neither has Ukraine. And my point is, ensuring that with an international cooperation I don't know anything is, about that accord. What is that? The Minsk Accords yeah. were... Um, so, 
this again goes deep into fucking history and you can't always say like oh i don't know the history so i don't know and then repeat like mainstream media propaganda you know well i don't Okay. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. <sighs> Ukraine as a nation state has uh, has even predated, or some form of like Ukraine has predated even the Russian uh, nation state or the, the Russian Empire, I guess. Uh, and its nation state development project has always hinged on uh, excising Russian influence. However, under the USSR, Ukraine, uh, which was uh, called the Ukraine originally, which just means like the border, mm-hmm. okay was seen as, uh, I mean, had plenty of Russian uh, uh, sympathetic people that lived in the eastern regions. Um, And that sympathy only grew the further east you went, the closer you got to current uh, existing Russian territory. Now, that is no longer the case. Make no mistake. I'm not saying that at all. And that is no longer the case, almost entirely due to Russia's actions in that area. Like, blowing the shit out of Kharkiv is going to make sure, is the fastest way to make sure that there is no sympathies for your government whatsoever, ever, ever again for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So, that's all gone away. Um, but originally, the contention was LPR and DPR, through Russian influence, and this is the Ukrainian assessment of the situation, these two areas uh, wanted autonomy and were getting backed by the Russian government, and Western involvement that wanted to keep Ukraine in the sphere of the West did not want to give the actual protective assurance, uh, assurances sorry, to Ukraine, but wanted to play the, the delicate balance of like saying, you know what, yeah, maybe we'll get you in the NATO, maybe we'll get you in the NATO with no real interest in getting them into NATO, maybe we'll get you into the EU so how did with Ukraine no interest in getting them into the agreement? EU. What? How did Ukraine violate their agreement? Um, there was mass shelling on both sides, uh, like back and forth about the shelling. War? Uh, no, uh, back and forth shelling that has been happening since uh, 2004. Okay, uh, so it was a non-aggressive. With Thirteen agreement? or fourteen thousand uh, people dying. Okay, so uh, in about totality. That so that is so. At the time, there was a agreement called the Minsk Agreements. Mm. There were two versions of this, which neither side agreed upon, which meant that. Uh, LPR and DPR would still remain under Ukraine, but would have autonomy, okay? And Ukraine, understandably, did not want this because that would mean that Russia would have an outsized control on Ukrainian affairs and Ukraine politics, which it already did through Russian loyalist leadership that they had that was, uh, that was obviously squashed because there's always been this back and forth between Western influence in Ukraine, wanting to move them into the Western sphere of influence, and Eastern influence, Russian influence in Ukraine, which wanted to maintain uh, Ukraine's status and and wanted to change Ukrainian affairs. Okay, so they were both attacking each other, and you think the attacks were equally provocative? And again, I don't know anything about. I it. think that I think that uh, uh, the the uh, this was another instance of of proxy war, one hundred percent. Okay, like there are people who who uh, wanted to be a part of Russia. And um, the at the end of the day, though, like the reaction from the Ukrainian government to that was uh, understandable. They wanted to protect their own interests. They wanted to protect their own borders. They wanted to protect their hegemo- uh, hegemony and, uh, and, and and national security interests. But there's a difference between like what they did in Crimea, for example, and what they did with LPR and DPR. What do they do in Crimea? There, there was a referendum. People say it was bullshit referendum. It was under gunpoint, which is understandable to say that because that is what happened in Crimea. But Russian territorial claims to Crimea uh, as a, like, 
Russian territorial claims to Crimea had more historical prescience and 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 the highest level of support uh, for uh, you know uh, it, Russian expansionist uh, policies in Crimea specifically because of its uh, military base uh, that the Russian military uh, operated out of. Okay, and what did Ukraine do in that situation? They cut the water supply. They immediately fucking broke a dam, a USSR era dam that was offering supply like water, water for the Crimean citizens that they said they. You know, cared about. about that recently. That happened? No, that yeah. dam has been destroyed when okay. Russia invaded Ukraine. But essentially, I wanted to clarify. Like they, your... they cut Crimea off, and and not in the same way that they uh, wanted to deal with LPR and DPR. I wanted to clarify your position. Yes, because it seems like there's a lot of confusion, so it's good to clarify. You do support. This will not clarify my position. In the eyes of people Why? who want to say that you I'm say like anti-Ukraine, people that... are still going to fucking yell at me. But you said that you believe what America is doing in Ukraine is right. I believe that Ukraine has a right to emancipation. What America should do in Ukraine is is offer security commitments and assurances, and only and you can only get that by arriving at a, a at a table where you don't fucking uh, destroy the the bargaining chips and instead allow the original security commitments to continue. A, a, I don't know what you mean by that. You mean so go at the table Ukrainian Russia? envoys and Russian envoys got together in Antalya and put a fifteen point security plan together. Uh, as they were negotiating you're, the terms of a ceasefire agreement, and Russia, they, we need to get them. And I mean that it's not that easy, I would assume. Well, it, it there was uh, moves that were being made to arrive at that. Seems like Putin, uh, in, Putin a, as like we a year ago, he's kind of like a fascist leader is. Yes, Putin's interests are are take the whole thing. Putin's interests certainly are nationalistic. Uh, there's obviously material benefits to Ukraine because Ukraine would be a competitor to to Russia as far you, as you like oil and gas. You think the Ukrainians should go to the table and? make concessions to the Russians. I think that Ukrainians went to the table and made concessions to the Russians originally. Yeah. And it, it was actually a very clever move by Zelensky to like, for example, uh, push the Crimean referendum 15 years down the line in order to not uh, deliberate on that aspect right now, because Ukrainians want Crimea back as well. They want LPR and DPR to be Ukrainian. Mm -hmm. um, and Zelensky knew that that was going to be an like impossible thing to deal with because he's Right now, on the one hand, you have Ukrainians with re with uh, interest in emancipation, ridding uh, the Russian scourge from their uh, borders, uh, and and taking back all of their territory from Russia, which includes Crimea as well. So he has a delicate balance where he has to make sure that those guys are not pissed off, uh, and and uh, you know overthrow him, and then like uh, you know. Or, or that America uh, somehow gets I, involved I and overthrows him, I, while simultaneously ending the war. I'm assuming where people get mad at you is just the suggestion that Ukraine should make concessions to an aggressive fascist invader. Because, as we know, you know, European fascist invaders, um, people often wonder, they don't know, stop. If, we, if, we made if we didn't make concessions to Hitler, would the, would the war have happened? People wonder that. Yeah, um, there's a there's a difference of like um, there's a difference of talking pre World War II and post World War II because we do have mutually assured nuclear uh, destruction. I was about to say it's so that, unfortunately it the nukes change all the calculus yeah. with that. So there, that's the difference there, and that's a very significant one because Article Five dictates that like any kind of NATO nation that Russia tries to attack. Okay, because NATO was developed against Russia, USSR, communism. It was an anti-communist institution in of itself. Um, immediately means that all other nations according to article 5 are drawn into war with a nuclear superpower like russia right so 
there's a difference. Plus, one other aspect of this is that like they Russia kind of showed its ass and its uh, its its capabilities and where those capabilities end as far as ground war goes, which is the reason why you see Finland and Sweden, which previously had long held neutrality, not like direct agreements, but long held neutrality. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say treaties because it's not an official treaty, but just like didn't join NATO and understand immediately join NATO. Why? Because they realized they don't have any fucking power. What are they going to do? Go to Finland? Get the fuck out of here. They can't even they can't take over Ukraine. They said it was going to be a day. They <laughs> suck. They, they don't have the power. So also, I don't know the exact name of it, but I know Ukraine surrendered their nuclear weapons, which is one of the best things you can hope. Worst things you could do. Never give up the nukes. <laughs> but like, in terms of like a humanistic, uh, a political move, it's bad. But like, as a as a humanistic some, thing, that's... Yeah, I mean, obviously right. we should some get say, rid of nukes. Yeah. Some so, say Ukraine so, had no way of utilizing those nukes because like the controls were, the control mechanism was in the USSR, so in Moscow, but that's um, but you still shouldn't have uh, given your nuclear so uh, your, stockpile. So your, your point is that we should never, they should never have done that. No. I think we'd Don't be looking at a very different world if, uh, for Ukrainians, at least. If with, didn't. with the benefit of hindsight, I've, I've, how could you say that? I mean, I don't think they would get invaded right now if they had nukes, right? I mean, well, if you have nukes, you don't get invaded. Just, That's I just kind of well, how it works. Anyway, we made a guarantee to them that you, you give up your nukes and we will got your back. And so I do feel like that's a pretty important agreement to uphold. I mean... What? You're talking the, about American promises to Ukraine in exchange for they're surrendering their nukes. Surrendering their nukes. Um, yeah, America, America never like actually followed through on any of their promises. America's still not following technically their promises of defending Ukraine. They're just giving Ukrainians weapons. Ukraine is currently sitting in a very unique position that I see uh, happen in the same cycle of violence in the Middle East all the fucking time. America goes to a militant group and says, hey, we're going to give you weapons you want autonomy, <coughs> specifically Kurds, right? You think Which every country have should a, have a nuclear bomb? I think every, every country citizen should have in one. this current... Every think, citizen of America. Yeah. That's Tim Pool's, I think that's in the Tim Pool's position. If you have a nation state, you have to have a fucking nuke. Otherwise, America will come and fuck you up. So you uh, think every nation should have a nuke? I think program. either every nation has a nuke or none of them have it. And I would obviously want none of the nations to have it. But less which is, is why I was in support of the Iranian denuclearization agreement. I thought that was good, which, you know, Donald Trump fucked up. Oops. I believe an individual citizen in this country has a right to own. You believe a every person bomb. should have a nuclear bomb. That's <laughs> yes. the socialist vision. Of, yes, uh, I think America. everyone should have a nuclear bomb. I mean, that's the only <laughs> equality that, that we can really. Everyone should have a nuclear silo in their garage. So, okay. In short, you support Ukraine. What what the Allied powers are doing to support them is is right. No. Because <laughs> America's interest in Ukraine is not one that is genuine. Uh, America's interest in Ukraine is just I don't fucking care about withering. Interest. I don't no, but that's care about America's interest. Because, I'm asking what you think. Because no, America's interest in Ukraine is incredibly not, important. What do you think is the right thing to do in Ukraine? I told you what I think but the right then, thing but to do. Then is. I asked to clarify. Instead of and you fucking said no. up the deal, instead of fucking up the deal that Ukraine had with Russia. By, uh, you know, <laughs> Boris Johnson fucking showing up in the middle of that, going to Kiev directly. Dude, do and, you think what's happening there is right? If not, why? Do I think what's and happening? The allied you power. ask me a question, I answer it, and then you move on to something no, different. No, because you, I, I asked you. I'm telling you what I do want. The allied powers is what they're doing there right. You said no, but I just got done having this whole conversation where you said yeah. I think what the allied powers are doing as far as like, uh, as far as giving weapons to Ukraine with no end in sight because they see it as a great way to fucking... 
like a uh, great way to continue the the harm done to a weak Russia that they can simultaneously claim is like really fucking powerful is is only going to continue this war rather than try to fucking implement security commitments and and get to a a uh, uh, a unilateral <laughs> agreement or a bilateral agreement where uh, and not just uh, fucking Russia and Ukraine but like bring China to the table and put an end like do a ceasefire and put an end to this war is infinitely better for Ukraine in Ukrainian development, Ukrainian economy, Ukrainian citizens not fucking dying uh, senselessly under a, a uh, artillery shelling campaign that's literally happening. You know what's really fucking insane about this? Russia is getting artillery shells from North Korea, and America is giving, uh, America's telling South Korea to give artillery shells to Ukraine. It's fucking nuts. Both sides are just they fucking need, shelling they each need other. Shells. But it's so stupid. Who's gonna Ukraine make is the now shells? also using uh, uh, depleted uranium uh, as well on its own fucking soil. Okay, so that is your, going to have damaging implications. Is that that's going to have damaging? Helping Ukraine is good, but that Ukraine needs to be more willing to make concessions to not Russia. just Ukraine. Our, no allies need to be more willing to uh, to to some in certain instances even push Ukraine to make. Uh, understandable uh, concessions with because like the idea giving up land what like giving up land not giving that, up that land could... no it's not oh. giving up land but that's pushing what, a referendum 15 years into the future for Crimea is a, a really solid uh, middle of the ground approach the, that Zelensky's own team actually put forward which I thought was great do you think Zelensky is a provocateur no what oh, should I have a doctor's appointment what the fuck wait, wait. Oh, I'm just asking because I've that's a position. I'm not I'm not saying that you ever said that. What you said it like I've said it. No, no. I was just getting your opinion on it. Just because I've heard people say that and I was just doing it. I was just checking your opinion on it. No, what I What time is it at, Lena? It's at it's at two. That's my last part though, basically. No, I don't think Zelensky is a provocateur. What? Like a bad faith actor. No, I think Zelensky is uh, uh certainly a self-interested politician. Who uh, definitely wants well, emancipation? Self literally, yeah. Meaning his well, anyway. Yeah, no. I, he wants he wants Russia to no longer have uh, control over Ukrainian territories, which is perfectly reasonable. He also has to strike a delicate balance because, as I correctly pointed out, when the invasion first happened, whenever uh, an irredentist or imperialist power makes a move on another nation, you embolden some of the most reactionary forces and they are seen as liberators because in that moment they are the liberators the ones who have the violent means to to push back are going to be seen as protectors that only grows nationalistic hyper nationalistic sentiment and that is never productive that is never good that's not good for workers rights that's not good for uh future prospects of ukraine and i think that that blowback uh, who knows what's going to happen, but is is terrifying. I have to leave, bro. All right, but it's one thing. I thank you for going so long. How long have we been going? No, you know who needs to leave? Three hours. Vladimir Putin. I agree. Needs to leave. That's to leave those people alone. Hey, Putin. I'm gonna leave say those safe. people. And alone. I know that's controversial, but he's gotta leave. This is probably our most our longest episode, and we did it Vladimir not even mentioning Putin. a single uh, current event. Uh, we did mention that Rupert Murdoch died. Um, that turned out to be misinformation that we were dead. spreading, but... No, I said, is he dead? And oh, okay. He's not dead. Not yet. Yet. Not yet.
Okay. He's getting up there. Well, 90 something. I think this was a good conversation. Yeah, was, good. was that good? Did you do you feel like uh I'm a I'm a fucking anti-America charlatan no. with who's bad faith? No, just not, no. I I think your foreign policies after talking them out is they're all like completely defensible um and 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 good positions. On the point of socialism, I can say like, well, I I have a deeper understanding of it now. I I I do still believe that it seems more mystical and no. Uh, you want wishful. Marx. You want Marx's, Leninist, Kleinist thought, uh, but, which but, is but socialism with capitalist characteristics. Yes, and ultimately that is what I want. And ultimately, <sighs> we agree almost entirely. And if you're mad about that, you're dumb. Yeah. You're All a right. dumb idiot. I have to pee really Breaking bad. Got him, now. Dude. You're watching this and you're angry. You're a stupid. Freaking got him, man. Dumbass. No, I thought that was good. I thought that was good. I think so too. Unless you're Ukrainian, then you have a then. I mean, they have a right at least. Yeah, They're no, there. for sure. I understand. Or Taiwanese, or Tibetan. I, I understand. They have a right to be angry. I'm just saying. I I I get if it. You're an armchair Suck warrior. My tongue. Like, we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna NorCal get and graduated. I from can't Berkeley. wait for I can't wait for uh, yeah. So many so many people from Virginia, <laughs> Langley, uh, writing about how they've been living in Taiwan for 25 years. Right, like those. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I thought that was a good faith conversation. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was good, to um, and it was good for me to kind of explore. It's what the, I think. It, it's the classic like uh, uh, Donald Trump. My people yearn for freedom. Please glass Iran uh, take that you hear from uh, you know people living on American soil. Thank like, you. The Scott. only way to save Iran is by glassing it. Thank you. All right, I have to pee so bad. That's what Ian said. Oh. Thanks, bro. See you next week. Bye, everybody. I got a pizza.